is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's up, everyone? Happy Friday and happy Bomber Game Day. Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily as we get into the weekend. Big one tonight at IG Field. Bombers in the Calgary Stampeders. 7.30 p.m. start. Princess Auto Tailgate Zone gets going at 5.30. With the mechanical bull for uh, for country and western night. <laughs> Should be quite the scene before the game. Hopefully we'll see some of y'all down there for that. And, of course, at the game as the Bombers look to uh, start another winning streak against the Western Division after getting served up one by the BC Lions a couple weeks ago. Of course, the team did bounce back with a nice win on Canada Day in Montreal. Uh, but it's time to start a new home winning streak tonight. Jake Mayer and the Calgary Stampeders, the Blue Bombers opponents. We'll talk about that with Darren Bomb and get a full setup of tonight's game in hour two of the program before we do a little marble race. And uh, we'll talk some Jets and much more. Brandon Rewicki coming up first. And then Ken Weeb, who's hitting the ball great, but having an issue on the greens these days. I'm looking forward to having Ken on. And um, obviously, you got a chance to see him down at Winnipeg Jets Development Camp this morning. And uh, Ken will jump on. Uh, before uh, I think he's going to the game tonight, as I know a lot of people are if they're in town checking out that game tonight. Um, should be a lot of fun. Of course, Friday, you know what that means. It's marbles. For any new listeners or new viewers that have found us recently, Friday we do a marble race at the end of the day. We've got a great Winnipeg Sports Talk hoodie from our friends at Shipman Associates for our winner. So make sure to join us around 2.45 when we open up registration and uh finish the week strong heading into the weekend just before we bring in michael remus big shout out to our friends and sponsors that make the show happen each and every day including cool bet by the way head on over to cool bet i've got a special blue bombers exclusive for the game tonight which i think you might want to ride with me uh, our friends at princess auto presenting tonight's game as well as aquatech modern man a barbershop canadian club manitoba battery F Apparel, Wallace & Wallace, Nick & Nicky DQ, Vita Health Fresh Market, Boston Pizza, Royal Sports, Consolidated Supply, Breezy Bend, Aikens Lake, Assiniboy Downs, the Winnipeg Gold Knights, and of course the great taste of Little Brown Jug. Uh, let's get Michael Remus in here. And uh, Reem, good to see you this morning as well, live in person, taking in a little bit of a development camp. One more day for uh, the young men on the ice today. And of course uh, in the workout room, spending time with the coaches, Tomorrow should be a fun day with a little three-on-three three going at it, I think, in and around 10 a.m. as the Jets, I think, finish up what's been a very successful week for this group and with this organization. Yeah, it feels like um, development camps really ramped up since day one. I wasn't I wasn't there for day two, but it um, seemed like more people were in, t- in attendance uh, today. And I felt like the players were really you know, even more engaging than before. Um, with the fans getting used to the surroundings. I saw comments, you know, I saw it firsthand with uh, Colby Barlow, Brad Lambert, others, you know, fist, you know, all the kids are there uh, holding up their hands to fist bump. Um, they're taking their time to converse with fans, take pictures. I think it was Jay Miller wrote in chat that what Rutger McGrory, who's really embraced his role here as first round pick and I don't know, face face of the future face of the franchise can we is that can we even say that right now but 
um, really embrace it. Potentially like, somewhat premature. Yeah. Well, <laughs> potentially. Sorry, but sorry. Face it's hard of, not sorry, to look fa- at him. Face of development camp. Can we say that? I, he's, yes. W- yes. And so Jay Miller is saying he went to every fan he could for selfies and autographs with a smile. And I know, Hus, he even flashed you a smile while doing drills <laughs> and you melted, according to what you told me. <laughs> Uh, not quite, but as I said, it was sort of fun. I'm not sure he recognized me from the last time that we did uh, when uh, he was on with us. But I was sitting there in the corner with you, and that kind of smiled over. Yeah, just flashed a big grin. I mean, the guy lights up a room. There's no doubt about that. And uh, and we did have a little bit of a laugh about that. But, um, oh, listen, he uh, seems to be having a great time, as do most of the young men. And uh, tell you what, man, he, and again, like, we're not even in game situations, but in the drills um, that they were doing. Um, he's got incredible hands. I mean, he's not a small guy um, and, um, you know, competes at an incredibly high level, even in those drills. So um, I'll tell you what, I mean, again, I'm not going to take too much from the actual on ice portion of it, but <laughs> I think what's been really important, um, you know, is getting this team, um, certainly the staff and fans that have come out, uh, you know, a chance to, um, you know, sort of welcome these young men to win to Winnipeg. And I think that's made a really impression on, on them as well. Um, uh, and, and, you know, and as I said, we've talked about this for the last, you know, really this week. Um, you know, what a just what a breath of fresh air um, this development camp has been around the club. Um, let's face it. I mean, the last number of months we've been talking about trading potentially, you know, some of the most important players this Winnipeg Jets has te- team has. And a lot of the view was to, you know, the future of, you know, the kind of the turnover in this next stage or next window, if you will. Um, Brad Lambert, Rucker McGrory, Colby Barlow, Alas Salmonson, who looked great today. First time I really got a chance to focus in on him, spending some time over on the defense side of things. Um, You know, these young men certainly project to be uh, big parts of the team going forward. And it's one thing to be the players, but I think the way that, um, certainly what we're hearing, and I think just the vibe and atmosphere around it speaks very well for what I think everyone's realized, um, you know, to have a, uh, you know, kind of a different culture around this team that, you know, kind of developed under the uh, the early years of 2.0. So all in all, I think it's been really successful. And uh, I-, I can just tell you from uh, the Winnipeg Sports Talk listeners, shout out to everyone that came up and said hi today and uh, chatted a little bit of uh, Jets um, the vibes are high, and uh, let's face it, this is um, this is a great development for development camp. Even though uh, probably all of these players, although I'm sure one player might make them a a tough decision or two in training camp, probably won't be with this club this year. But uh, people will be very much looking forward to Rucker turning pro and getting Colby Barlow here, Brad Lambert, and the like. And uh, tell you what, that's uh, that's a good thing for professional hockey here in Winnipeg. Yeah, and here's here's a video I took just briefly of uh, this is what it's all about, Hus. Players coming off the ice, fist bumming, bumping some of these uh, young kids there. Everyone getting it in, and then you know I, I just everyone's so accessible here and ready to have a good time. And there's Colby uh, Barlow playing his role as 2023 first round pick, taking some pictures with uh, some young kids, signing autographs. Um, it was just a, yeah, I agree. It was just a really nice atmosphere. Nice to have a little summer event. And, uh, first of all, great to be back for the first time. What, since 2019 development camp, they hadn't had 
a bunch of these in. It is good to bring them to the city, get them to come here. Hey, you know, when it's 20, 30 degrees out, not minus 20, 30, and say, hey, it's actually like pretty nice, pretty nice place here. And, um, you know, just get them used to it and used to each other. So when you're here at a regular camp, you already have those existing uh, relationships. So um, great to have development camp. It's back. It'll be very interesting to see. I wouldn't be surprised at all if um, all the uh, the young guys from the Jets development camp might be out at IG Field tonight for the Bombers. Um, I would think that that was probably that would be, I mean, a great way to get them to show a little bit more about the sporting culture. Uh, you know, a fun activity. Um, I think they probably. I guess there's a uh, baseball game too. Um, uh, so they could certainly get down to uh, down to the ballpark, and they were probably already staying downtown, so that might be a little bit easier for them. Um, but I mean, I do remember in the past, you know, early on in the season, I guess during training camp, Andrew Kopp often was at the games. We've seen Nikolai Ehlers in the past before, um, but I think as a group outing, and again, I have no idea whether that is in the in the the plans or not. Although I'll say, for those of you going to the game tonight. Don't be surprised if you see a uh, a bunch of young jet prospects running around the game. I, uh, that would it would make a lot of sense to put that in as part of the uh, part of the group. We'll talk more about uh, the camp jet stuff off season. Brandon Rewicki's coming up and uh, Ken Weave as well. But we got a big one tonight, Remo. I'm looking forward to this game. Um, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers looking to start a new home winning streak against the Calgary Stampeders and. I would say, considering what happened a couple weeks ago against the BC Lions, um, and you know what we discussed yesterday. I mean, the the real highs and lows of life in the Bomber Room. Of course, Adam uh, Adam Big Hill um, playing in the memory of uh, his late father, who passed a couple weeks ago, and then the incredible euphoria of Nick Dembski with his new baby. Uh, and I think a Bomber team that wants to make sure that uh, Winnipeg Blue Bomber fans go home with their usual feeling that was absent after the BC game, and probably because they've been so spoiled with the way this team has won games. But uh should be an awesome night tonight. Looking uh, not too hot. It'll be a great summer evening for uh, for some CFL football down on the south side of the city. Beautiful night. Thankfully, you got that crazy rain out of the way yesterday, Huss. I don't know what that was. Yesterday, short burst, but oh yeah, the, that was a banger. Yeah, that that was it was pretty wild. But um, the Bombers, I mean, that game against BC, I don't know what it was. Uh, I'm gonna blame the short week. It's amazing how they they put up all those points and then Vernon Adams throws six interceptions. I just think you don't know what you're gonna get with BC, and they were on. And the Bombers, the rare game they were not fully rebounded in the in the bad weather last week in Montreal not giving up a touchdown. And I think we're going to see another motivated Bombers team like we've seen at home for the past couple seasons. And Calgary, they are banged up. They've got uh, Jake Mayer, a quarterback, who in last year's game, I thought he was he was good, but hasn't been able to put it together. So, um, I yeah, I think we're, what is the spread, like eight for the Bombers, Huss? Is that what it is? Eight and a half? Is it yeah, eight? it is eight, which is a pretty big number. It's big. I don't know. I think I think gonna feel good about the way the Bombers are going. I'm expecting another home bounce back here, but big one. Nice follow up after last night's stinger. I think we'll see more touchdowns, you know, in the first half tonight than all of uh, last night's game. Um, just looking in the uh, in the chat, people were talking about that storm last night. 
Rook of the Year was on the golf course when that hit. Uh, ouch. Hopefully you didn't get any hail. We just got tons of rain uh, here and around it. And uh, obviously it was great. Uh, after that storm came in, did hook up with a couple pals down at the local to uh, both watch the Blue Jays get it done. Great day yesterday for Toronto. Um, you know, after that horrible series against the uh, Red Sox to go in and sweep the Shy Sox, winning both halves of the doubleheader, led by you, my guy, Kikuchi, the savior this year for the Blue Jays. But, Remo, we need to talk for a minute about that CFL game last night because in some ways, a good portion of the game, it, it almost set the CFL back 10 or 15 years. I mean, it was that bad. A rouge fest, if you will. Edmonton went up one nothing, then added to their league lead to make it two nothing. Then it was three nothing. Saskatchewan tied it up at three with the field goal, and then Edmonton went up four three in the third quarter. Now they were up eleven to three late in the fourth, and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders drove in crunch time, got the touchdown, got the two point convert. But what everyone is talking this morning, if you paid attention to the game, was the game-winning rouge off of the kickoff. Brent Lother blasting one over the head of the uh, Edmonton returner who just let the ball go into the end zone and kneeled down for a single point. And Edmonton, who 10 seconds earlier was up by eight, then found themselves down one. And uh, this Elks team is just simply finding new and even more painful ways to lose football games. The only the only good thing about last night was that game wasn't in Edmonton making it 20 straight home losses. I'm not sure how much more that can take. Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, the game was absolutely uh, terrible. I mean, these guys couldn't move the ball, incompletions, you know, inefficient running. Uh, it was not great, and Edmonton kind of holding on to their lead. They had it the whole time, and Saskatchewan, you know, came down the field. I think they remembered, you know, remember Trevor Harris? He put up, what, 400 yards against the Bombers, and they finally decided uh, to start throwing the ball, and they tie it up, you know, or sorry, they get the touch on the two-point conversion, and then the kickoff is Sims, the returner for Edmonton. Uh, I don't I kind of remind me, remember in the Grey Cup when Hamilton took a knee? In the end zone, uh, that was the what the second Grey Cup, uh, the Bombers yes. won. Yes, I, I had flashbacks to that, but this was so much worse. Where the, the did the one thing you can't do, you can't let the ball go over your head. And when the ball's in the end zone, the guy's like walking back to get it. Um, I don't know if what he forgot the rule apparently, or they didn't give him instructions on what to do. I think that's a coaching. Listen. Failure. Coaching, it is coaching malpractice. Uh, mm -hmm. There's no doubt about it. This guy was unsure about what that meant. You're tied in the last minute of the game. Chris Jones, your staff, sorry, this is on you guys. I mean, you need to make sure that new players to the Canadian Football League know the freaking rules. <laughs> and um, whether, I mean, I guess there's always room for a brain cramp, brain fart. I mean... That guy, when he went out there, needed to know that under no circumstances can you let that thing go over your head or can you let it end up in the end zone because that would be the difference between a tie game, going to overtime, 
and losing. And that is exactly what it was. Yeah, it's CJ Sims saying after the game, it hurts. I feel like I let the team down. It was a boneheaded play by me. I learned from my mistakes and it'll never happen again. And it's just been such a rough slide here for Edmonton. 0 and 5. Uh, there we got the Tie Cats next at home, who are also uh, winless at this point of the season. They play later on this weekend. But Edmonton, they have been not good. Everything Chris Jones has done. Uh, hasn't worked out. I know they signed Taylor Cornelius what last year, and he's already been benched. Benched this year. Uh, it's not. It's not going well for Edmonton House. <laughs> no, it is not. Knox, he says in chat, Haas, he's a returner. Knowing the rules is his freaking job. Well, I mean, the bottom line is there's a lot of guys that come to the Canadian Football League and start in, you know, depth positions in offense and get moved into special teams and. I, I mean, I don't know whether way to say it. Then I mean, the coaching staff didn't do a good enough job to making sure those guys are completely aware of what the situation was and what their actions meant on that play. I mean, and I'll say this: like, obviously, I've got a lot of friends in Edmonton doing the shows with Dusty and knowing the guys from his show and having worked there in the past. It really is a great sports town. They love their teams, and they've always supported the CFL team very well. I know there's a very small percentage of the population wants to still talk about that name change. To me, that's so old news and has nothing to do with what's going on. But, I mean, you can't go year after year after year without winning at home without seriously damaging the brand. Um, And, you know, they decided to make the deal with the devil, if you will, with Chris Jones and bring him back and make him the GM and make him the head coach. And there's a lot of things that Chris Jones does well. There's obviously a lot of things that Chris Jones doesn't do well, and that is put together an overall football operation. And I think that if they had the opportunity right now, they would move on. They would probably fire Chris Jones. But here's the thing. The CFL now has a cap when it comes to management and coaching salaries. And you fire a guy, you don't get that money back. They're basically screwed right now we talked about this before yesterday maybe Uh, if they wanted to move on from chris jones uh, so much of that cap has been spent on chris jones i mean they'd basically be looking for volunteer coaches to make something happen so i don't know how this changes uh he certainly hasn't done a very good job of uh, filling that quarterback position taylor cornelius isn't the guy and uh they're at 0-5 right now uh, moving on. We'll have two much better football teams going at it tonight. The Bombers and the Calgary Stampeders. And uh, I am interested, though, Remo, to see what we get out of Jake Mayer. I mean, I think we all remember Jake Mayer is a big game here in Winnipeg. And his first is the first time he got in, and he went, what, the entire, the entire half without throwing an incompletion. And arguably could have won that football game. I believe it was either Castillo or Medlock, whoever was in, who was the kicker at that point, getting one in. And Bombers, I think, won by one point. Um, but Mayer's had a pretty rough start to the season without Bo Levi Mitchell in Calgary. Two touchdowns, five picks right now. Um, but I we have seen him play a heck of a lot better right now. He's uh, getting Reggie Begleton back. It's going to be very interesting to see how this Bomber defense matches up against the uh, the Calgary offensive attack. Yeah, I'm curious about Calgary. Um, and, you know, we had Malik Henry, who's 
you know, big play ability. He's out. They signed uh, Mark and Michelle, who's in the NFL. He's, I think, his first game this year. Reggie Bagleton was on the injured list, but they brought him back. And uh, Kadeem Carey, who had so many rushing touchdowns last year, he's been out. But Dedrick Mills, uh, he's a running back. I know all this from playing hardcore CFL <laughs> fantasy. That's nothing has uh, increased my knowledge of the league than playing fantasy, but I'm looking forward to seeing what Calgary brings today. But I think I do think the Bombers uh, will win. And, you know, I thought Mayer was the guy, and I, I do think it was still the right decision to move on from Bo. As we saw this year, he didn't have it in, in Hamilton at all, but now he's hurt. But uh, I don't know if Mayer is – he hasn't shown enough of those flashes uh, that he did you know, last season, but we'll see how he goes tonight against a Bomber defense that has given up some yards, as I said before. But Vernon Adams – who threw just through six interceptions looked amazing against the Bombers. Trevor Harris, who looked terrible yesterday, threw for 400 yards against the Bombers. So I think there is some cleaning up they need to do on defense. Yeah, no doubt. No, no. He's speaking of the Bomber game. If you are thinking that you'd like to go, uh, make sure to stick around for the Marvel race because uh, a uh, one of our loyal listeners uh, had an extra pair of tickets, fired them over. And I just checked in, and I got a pair of uh, social passes as well. So we'll have a couple of uh, tickets, which we'll give to top performers outside of uh, first place. So uh, make sure to join us if you do want to join us for the Bomber game a little bit later on. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, oh, one thing we should talk about right away, Remo, <clears throat> and we ma- I mentioned this yesterday on the program. I've already had some great traction on it. Uh, our Gold Eyes game, WST Night Out at the Ballpark. It's locked and loaded, folks, for July 26th. So uh, would love to see you, uh, friends, family, out joining us at WST uh, or at the at Shaw Park. 6.30 p.m. start. We're going to be there on the uh, left field line close to Craft Beer Corner. Tickets are 15 bucks, And while supplies last, uh, because we've had great response so far, Everyone will also get a Winnipeg Sports Talk koozie. Maybe stick one of those ice-cold little brown jugs in while we wash the fish. Hopefully get a big win. So July 26th, uh, if you look at the uh, description of the YouTube channel or if you go to winnipegsportstalk.com, click on the store link or slash store. It's right there. 15 bucks, all in, nice and easy. Get your tickets now and... Uh, We'll look forward to seeing you out there for another great WST get-together coming up on uh, July 26th. So uh, let's get out. Let's get the gang together again. It's been a minute since we had our last sports trivia night. We've been waiting to do this at a Gold Eyes game, so uh, hopefully we'll see you there. It should be a heck of a lot of fun. Um, all right, Drenner Wiki's coming up, then Ken, and then a little bit more in tonight's Bomber game with Darren Bombing of Bonfire Sports. Uh, big shout-out to our friends at Modern Man Barbershop. Now with eight locations in Winnipeg, including the newest locations on Pemina Highway and over on Plessy Road. Modern Man Barbershops offer a variety of grooming services, including haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services, and more. And an incredible selection of uh, hair care products and more for men. Uh, Pop down and see them. You can book your look or make an appointment as well at modernmanbarber.com. Give them a follow for their latest info and tons of great contests over at Modern Man Barbershops on Instagram as well. Well, it's going to get nice again in a few days, and uh, hey, it's pool time. Now, middle of July here in Winnipeg, a lot of people thinking about pools. Why not make 2023 the year you take the plunge 
and visit aqua-tech.ca to design your own custom pool. The Aquatech team can provide on-the-spot pricing from designers as well as financing options that suit you. And whole home renovations start with Aquatech as well. With thousands of rentals as their foundation, let them upgrade any space in your home. Aquatech is ready to make your reno dreams a reality. Learn more about design, pricing, and financing options at aqua-tech.ca. Hey, the weekend is here. Uh, everyone's taking advantage of our beautiful Manitoba summer. And, uh, you know, for all those toys that you're using, whether it's a Sea-Doo, whether it's a boat, it's a long tractor, it's a golf cart, it's a bike, you got to have power for that sucker. And Manitoba batteries powering everybody's summer here in Manitoba with the best prices in town and the best buying experience around. You got your kids out of school. You don't want to be wasting time running around the city grabbing a battery or wasting your time in a parking lot of Costco or Canadian Tire. Shop local, get the best price in town on any battery you need, and Manitoba Battery will save you time by delivering it to you for free anywhere in the city of Winnipeg on any purchase over 60 bucks. It really is that simple. Hit them up online, check out everything they've got waiting for you at manitobabattery.com. If you get your order in around the beginning of Winnipeg Sports Talk, you'll get same-day delivery on that. Of course, Donnie's great staff waiting for you as well down at 1026 Logan Avenue if you want to pop in or give him a call as well. It doesn't get much better than Manitoba Battery. And hey, game day tonight. Uh, there's going to be a lot of Canadian club in the stands. I can guarantee you that. Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey is also the official spirit of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and Winnipeg Sports Talk. In addition to all the mixed drinks you'll be getting at the Rum Hut and other areas throughout, you can also get the great taste of the Canadian Club and Ginger Ale pre-mixed cocktail, which is available in 473 cans at your local favorite beer store and at Manitoba Liquor Marts and is available at the game tonight. In fact, those social passes, which we've got at the end of the program, also include a couple CC and Gingers as well. You'll see a lot of them at your game tonight. If you haven't tried it, why don't you get into one tonight? All right. Weber and bombing a little later on, but let's get into it with our first guest, our weekly visit from the host of Skates and Plates, our pal Brandon Rewicki. B, what's uh, what's going on? How are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. It's weekend time, so I got I got the cabin vibes. I, I don't got the um, the romper on just yet, but in spirit, I'm I'm wearing a romper right now. <laughs> yeah, you got more on your mind right now. You've, uh... <laughs> <laughs> you've added to the uh to the population of that car heading out and I, I imagine the the planning when you add an infant or a newborn uh cranks up the uh the pressure on dad uh considerably before yeah the, the, the tire pressure the tire pressure is low but the blood pressure is high it's it, <laughs> it, it, it's a battle it's a bad I, I like we're about to leave in a little bit and I just realized that I like literally have nothing packed and I just don't even care. Like I'll just say whatever, whatever's near me, we'll take it. We'll figure it out once we get there. But yeah, yes. Remo knows a lot of other people know it's, it's no joke. It like, it's stre <laughs> stress wise. And even like, I mean, if there's a pro league of just like packing up a car and hitting out on the road, I, I would love to see it. Cause it's, it's, it's tough stuff, man. <laughs> Uh, you know, you, you learn things the hard way often, uh, making mistakes the next time. But we'll talk to you next week about what you forgot after this <laughs> when you uh, when you left. Um, uh, Dylan Sandberg's got a new deal. Um, and, you know, Dylan Sandberg, 
uh, you know, when it comes to Winnipeg Jets, young players, we've spent a lot of time talking about young defense prospects over the last little while. Logan Stanley, Vili Hainala. Sandberg, maybe because he had the extra time in college, came in and I think most would agree made the most of his opportunity. And I think in a lot of ways projects to potentially at some point over the course of this, certainly this contract, become a top four defenseman for the uh, for the Winnipeg Jets. We've had a lot of conversations on the show as to whether the Jets should have pushed hard for a longer-term deal that might pay him more right now but give some good value later on. Um, but they ended up going with the two-year deal at what will be, I think, a bargain for the Winnipeg Jets at least these next two seasons. Well, what do you make of the deal, Brandon, and uh, the pros and cons from both sides to the, uh, to the agreement? You know, the interesting part isn't even necessarily – breaking down his cap hit per se, which which we can do later on. But it's more so the fact that this is the kind of contract a contending team signs with a young guy. Like, it's, it's one to save cap space right now. And are the Winnipeg Jets in that mode? You know what I mean? Like, it's... I don't, I don't have a problem with the deal, and you're right. Like, the Jets are going to get tremendous value over these next two years, but it's just... Is is now the time, and, and is this the player to do that with? I, I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I mean, I'm, I'm with you, where if it could have been five, six years, and just the fact that he, you know, no power play time, no major point totals to speak of, I mean, what, you're looking at max a $4 million cap hit? I mean, to me, he's a, a second-pair defenseman right now. And I, I think, you know, second-pair defensemen get a lot more than than $4 million on the cap. To, to me, that was the absolute perfect way to go. Now, did Sandberg's camp want to do that, or did they want to wait until he got a little more ice time? There's there's that to be taken into consideration for sure. But, I, yeah, I, I'm just surprised because it, it's a move that opens up cap space, but are they going to go out there and, and take advantage of that? I, I guess we'll have to wait and see. But I definitely would have preferred them just betting on the kid, saying, you know what, we'll find a way to ship out a vet or two, but whoever's here, you're behind Josh Morrissey as two LHD and get ready for 20 minutes a night for the next handful of years. Yeah, yeah. And I I tend to think that maybe, and this is purely speculative, that Sandberg and his representatives realize that these next couple of years, his role compared to what he'd be signing a contract right now is going to go up and the cap is going to go up. And I think in a lot of ways, this is somewhat of a trend um, that, you know, signing big long-term deals right now before the cap goes up maybe doesn't make a lot of a lot of sense. That being said, there is going to be another very interesting negotiation for Winnipeg going forward with uh, Gabriel Velarde. Now, again, you know, he's, you know, applied for arbitration. They'll get a date potentially if it even gets that far. Um, as I said yesterday on the show, it's inconceivable that this one would actually get to an arbitration hearing considering he is a new player. But I do, part of me thinks that, you know, the Winnipeg Jets may, you know, really look to give him, you know, a longer deal that would eat up the first four years of team control and maybe a couple of UFA years as well. Um, and I think from Velarde's standpoint, he and his representatives might be more aligned with doing that, um, you know, because of the injury issues that he had earlier on in his career. Um, It could actually end up being a real win-win. But the bottom line is this, I think, is a key negotiation for Larry Simmons and the Winnipeg Jets as they put this one together. And you really do want this to get off to a a good foot. And 
you know, with Ayafalo uh, with the two years deal, uh, Campari coming on, I think would really say a lot, something very good about the direction of the relationship, at least with these new players, if they were able to get him done. That being said, I think for the same reasons we just talked about with Sandberg, there is the potential that he's going to get a nice raise on a two-year deal. And then, you know, with the opportunity he's going to get, I think you could certainly suggest that his numbers will be considerably better in a couple years being a top six player every day for Winnipeg. Oh, uh, absolutely. I mean, look, in all honesty, 95% of NHL players would be better off taking a short-term deal. Basically at any point of their career, like it, it really is. I mean, it, you just don't see it because teams and players, it's like eight years. Yep. Eight years. All right. Good. Done. Dusted. But I mean, NBA players maximize their dollar amounts in a massive way because they're signing short-term deals. I'm not saying, you know, sign a one-year deal every single year, but I think most players would over the long run make more money on, on a two or a three-year deal at a time. But the big caveat, and, and you mentioned it there is the back injuries and not just, you know, back spasms, but pretty like knocking a guy out for a good portion of a year or two worth of back injuries. And as somebody that, you know, incurred a decent amount of back pain myself, us, you know, if I was in my mid twenties and somebody's offering me six, seven years of, of decent change, and I don't have a ton of track record to, to kind of bank on, I'd be, Pretty, I'd be pretty intrigued to jump all over that and know that I have that security in case something happens in a year or two, right? Like th there's just more of an elevated risk with a Velarde. And to be honest, there's more of an elevated risk for the Jets to go long-term there because you could sign the guy, he could be great, but he just doesn't get on the ice a whole lot because of these issues. Um, there, there's always risk in going shorter long-term, honestly, with any RFA, but I, I'm willing to take the risk in, in a long-term deal with Velarde. I think it sets a statement. That, you know what, we got a guy here, he wants to play here, he wants to stay in Winnipeg, he's committed to the team, we believe in him, and I think that's kind of an underrated aspect in all of this, just, you know, a young guy who's hasn't totally gotten a big chance yet, but for a team and a management and coaching staff to say, dude, we, we think you're legit. And we want you to be one of the faces of our franchise. And you give him a six or a seven year deal. I, I think that goes a long way, not only for some of the off ice stuff, but in terms of setting them up really well to have a big year offensively on the ice. So um, interesting to see what that number might be, but I, it's not going to be a backbreaking one either way for the jets. No pun intended there. Um, just because there is very limited track record for him. Just basically this past year with what 40 some odd points and 60 some odd games. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's why, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being a shorter-term deal and then they kind of look to do it. But I am with you, both for the player and the agent, but as well as the team. And I mean, God, there's been so much talk about guys that don't want to be here. I mean, if you turn Pierre-Luc Dubois into three players and one immediately signs a long-term deal, I think that goes a long way to quell some of the narratives, at least, that have come out of this saga that uh, has been so publicly played out over the course of the last little while uh, with Dubois heading to the uh, the Los Angeles Kings. You know, the remaining free agent market is is quite interesting. I don't know if you saw yesterday, uh, breaking news, Vladimir Tarasenko was on a plane and every single team had some idiot that put it, he's on a plane to Dallas right now. He's on a plane to Edmonton. He's bringing his sticks. What does this mean? Um, 
it is weird to have a guy fire his agent and change representation in the middle of free agency, and that's exactly what happened. Pat Brisson's got a new client now that PLD's signed, <laughs> sealed, and delivered. Yeah, Brisson might be the biggest winner of free agency more than any team or player right now. He's having himself a pretty good couple of weeks. That's a wild one, too. I mean, part of me's like, what did you really expect, Vladdy? You know what I mean? Like, sounded like he had a like a one year, five six million dollar offer on the table from Carolina. That that sounds like a pretty damn good deal. And then, like you said, the cap goes up. You can renegotiate for a longer term deal next summer, and then have a chance to to chase a cup again. I mean, I don't know that 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 seemed to me like not a bad way to go. But obviously, he had um, different aspirations on on what he thinks his value is right now. Um, but I mean, look, this is where the value is, especially for teams like the Jets, right? Where you wait about a week or so after the frenzy kicks off and not a lot of dollars are left. Not a lot of spots are open and it's, it's deal time. I mean, this is in my opinion, the the best spot for a team to find some of those diamonds in the rough and, you know, maybe throw a little misfit label underdog thing towards them and get them motivated for, for, for next season. And that's where you get your big wins in free agency, not necessarily on July one. So I don't think Vladdy's coming to Winnipeg anytime soon. Uh, I don't know if Dallas is going to be the spot either, but there, there's a few guys out there that, you know, even though the Jets are pretty crowded in terms of options up front and on the back end, that, that might get you a decent amount of value, even if it is only on a one-year deal. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, there's no bad one-year deals. I mean, that's part of the reason why I was so impressed with what the Leafs did. I know there's some people that won't want to hear this. I mean, getting Domi on a one-year deal for $3 million, getting Bertuzzi in at 5.5 for one year – no long-term commitments. If things go really well, the team can prioritize them and try to sign them long-term. Things don't go well. They want to go other. So, you know, they're assets that you can trade to other teams, you know, at the deadline. Um, but that was, in a lot of ways, the story of free agency. I mean, with the exception of very few players, uh, there was no term handed out. And that is such a stark contrast to some of the terrible, back-breaking deals we've seen that have haunted teams for years that are signed on Canada Day. Yeah, and I, I'm not even going to say GMs are, are smarter. I, I don't think it's that at all. I think it's there's a realization on both GM and player side. Let's wait a year, and then we can lose our minds just like the good old days. <laughs> we'll more money to blow. Yeah, we're so close. You don't even know how many eight-year deals we're going to throw out next season. Seven, it's, it's going to be crazy. So, um, but but again, you're, I, I like that. There's there's no bad one-year deals. It's pretty accurate. I mean, look, you look at some of the guys that are available. I know the the sweetheart or the the homecoming dream is is Taves to Winnipeg, and I guess that that still is on the table for them. But I mean, there's a handful of guys, whether it's reclamation projects or just a little bit more oomph veteran wise in, in your bottom six. There's some spots the Jets can can fill if they can find a way to convince somebody. And you know, I think that's why they were able to get Brassois. To come to Winnipeg because there's a pretty solid opportunity for him to, to come in and, and step in and play a decent amount of games. Um, I think that still applies to the forward group here. They might be looking to fill in maybe one more spot with a, I'll put impact player in quotes there, but somebody that can contribute pretty decently. Well, and you know what? I I mean, I'll get your thoughts on uh, what Kevin Cheveldayoff did. I mean, the Jets are never one of the teams that are in on the biggest guys, but I think considering the question marks at goaltending or at goal, uh, big save Dave was gone. You had to get a guy. I mean, to have someone familiar with the group, familiar with Hellebuck to come back after being on a championship team. I love the Brassois signing. Um, 
And I'll tell you what, Nemetsnikov re-signing with the Jets after coming here at the deadline, playing a very important role, showing his versatility on a two-year deal. Um, I mean, I thought those were perfect signings considering where the team is right now. And uh, there's a lot of other intangibles, I think, that make those signings even better. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't have a problem with either one of those. I mean, Brassois, I don't know, he's, he's going to be one of the better backups of the NHL this year. Um, and I think he's in that sweet spot where you can play him 25, 30 games. You don't have to worry as much about injury because he's not playing six, seven, eight games in a row. And I think that's when some of his durability questions come into to concern there. I don't think he's going to get anything more than that, which is perfect. Great relationship with Helly. Like, to, to me, like five wise, he's probably the perfect guy they could have brought in there. Um, and then Vladdy, I guess, you know, we'll find out one if that instant chemistry with Nikolai Ehlers is still a thing, because if that's the case, then you've got a really cheap, capable forward to play either down the middle or alongside Ehlers out there on the flank. So, I mean, that that part of it is going to be intriguing to see how much of that was maybe just, you know, a, a fluke small sample thing, or maybe it's something that the team can can build on there. But even, even if it doesn't, Swiss Army guy in your middle six, bottom six, you could do a lot worse for $2 million than than Nemestikov. So... The Jets, the Jets found themselves a good one there, I think. And, I mean, he's kind of jumped from team to team on one-year deal, one-year deal. The fact that you get that guy locked out in two years, he obviously likes it. So you get another, you know, Nino Niederreiter-esque spokesman for the team to try to, to sell the club to other guys out there. Yeah, well, uh, you know what? There hasn't been a lot of sale, selling needed uh, to be done out of development camp. Oh, um, I have to tell you, you know, we had Shane Malloy come on and, uh, you know, referred to uh, Rutger and Barlow as the Bash brothers. I just love that name. And, you know, watch them play and know that the pedigrees that they come in. I mean, when they do turn into NHLers, um, that might be a name that really sticks for those two, especially if they come in at the same time. Uh, I will say, Brandon, though, and again, it's sort of been a topic all week long because, I mean, again, whatever happens in these drills, I mean, it's a development camp. We'll see some three on three on Saturday. There's way more to it. But for a team that, you know, at, at times over the past few years has had a bit of a cloud over it as far as culture, personalities, um, I don't think the Winnipeg organization could have had a much better few days with these young players and the way they have embraced the city and the fans and the vibes that they're giving off to a fan base that has been desperately looking for some real positivity for a number of months. Yeah, I don't know about Bash Brothers. To me, it's more Step Brothers. Like, it sounds like Brendan and Dale, they're going to go do karate in the garage once once on-ice sessions are done. So I, there are a couple of beauties there. And Hey, I mean, we, we kind of touched about this when we talked about the Barlow selection, but you want to take high-end guys that have captain abilities in the first round that can put the puck in the net too? Yeah, sign, sign me up for first-round picks like that all day long, especially when you've got the... Uh, 50-goal potential of, of Connor and then the point-per-game potential of Ehlers on the roster right now as well. So, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's nice. I th- and I've, I've talked to a few different people about this, and I, either neighbors or, or people at the park that come up to me, and it's been unequivocal. Just the difference in in vibes and temperature and feeling around the team. Like, people are, are excited again. Like, there was just an element of we just need a fresh change here. And we'll see how far that goes with, you know, two members of the core four still here. But as it stands right now, it just it, it feels like you're almost ready to watch a different team this upcoming winter, which is pretty wild when they've only really made two significant departures off their roster right now. Um, so I, I I think it's been desperately needed. 
it's great to see that it's happening in the in the junior slash prospect ranks for them. And you get the sense that, you know, that element is going to be something that's amplified by ownership and management moving forward here, which I don't necessarily blame them for maybe putting more of an emphasis on that than than other teams in terms of quote unquote high character guys. But let's hope that that same positivity shifts over to the big club during training camp. Like that, that's, that's going to be the big test. Right. Um, and I, I, I think maybe a, another change or two might, might go a long way in doing that, but tell you what, man, just complete breath of fresh air, listening to those kids. And they, it's no joke. Like it's no PR thing. Like they're legitimately pumped to be a part of this organization. I, I, I just think that's awesome. So more, more of that, please more, more Rutgers and, and more Barlow sign me up. You know, and, and and I'll say this, I mean, a little bit of a, a, a hat tip to Chevy, who has taken his fair share of criticism over the last little while. We were out at the Iceplex this morning, and forwards are on one rank, and we'd been kind of mostly following Barlow and McGrory and Lambert and checking out the forwards. Spent about half an hour just on the defense pad watching Elias Salmonson. And I got to tell you, dude, I mean, this guy is smooth. He's poised. He's composed. And again, take it for what it's worth. I mean, it, but you can tell, I mean, the way a player handles the puck and the way he skates quite quickly. And uh, everything that, you know, we heard from Jimmy Roy on this young man um, is as advertised. Now, it looks like he'll be going back to Sweden for one more year. Uh, but I think projects to be a pretty nice player on the right side of that blue line for many years when he gets here. But it got me thinking about the Andrew Kopp trade, and that's why I bring up Chevy. Like, l- listen to, the, to this trade now. When we look back, he got traded as a rental to the New York Rangers. They got uh, Brad Lambert because the pick turned into the, 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 uh, the first rounder. They've got Elias Salmonson. They've got Morgan Barron. And then that fifth round pick, they used to take Thomas Millich, who wow. I still don't understand how a goalie that has put up the numbers that he has over the last couple of years had to wait two years to get drafted. But I'll tell you what, I mean, at a certain point, when you just keep excelling every single year against competition, uh, you at least deserve that chance. And I mean, with those two goalies, I mean, and DiVincentis and Millich, I mean, you, you'd think that there's a a good chance that one of those two guys turns out to be, you know, a solid NHLer and maybe both. But man, when you look back to that trade, I mean, that is, that's a masterclass of, uh, of an expiring asset, but you have to, you have to hit on the picks. And right now, when you look back at that transaction, I mean, that looks to be one that can be paying dividends for a long, long time for the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, at, at the time, everybody was pretty high on the return, but I mean, you're, you're talking about potentially grabbing a top six forward, a top four defenseman. And then a high-end bottom six forward as well, just for a couple months of a guy, right? And I, I mean, I, the Rangers might be okay with that. See, I wonder how Rangers fans feel now, though, right? Like, I mean, Cop was a pretty big part of them being a game away from the Cup final, so like there, there is that aspect of it where you know you don't pay, you don't play a whole lot, so they they still might be okay with that one. But man, did the Jets ever come out of that in a in a, in a massive way? And you know, I, I think in the case of Millage, it, it's GMs. Probably just looking at all right. Let me see the stat sheet. Not six foot three. Don't draft. It's, it's just like it's the way GMs and teams are with goalies nowadays. And I don't know. We're starting to see a bit of a resurgence of these 
I guess you call them small tendies, but I mean, six feet is not Darren Pang. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it's just, it's, it's crazy. Like, there's just, the, you, everybody sees the Hellebucks and the Vasilevskis and, and the Pekka Rene's, and they think that's how big a goalie has to be. But it's like, you know, six feet isn't too bad either. You're still covering a decent amount of the net. And you're right. Like, just, just hit on one of Milich and, and Devin Chendis, and you're, you're golden if you're the Jets. And it's pretty neat to see they're both going to be playing pro in in some capacity this upcoming season. And then we'll see who that guy is for the Moose, and then maybe one of them goes to the ECHL. But, uh, yeah, that, as far as trade returns go, you can make a case why the Jets maybe needed to be more aggressive in doing this in the past. Because if that's the return you're going to get for a lot of these guys, this might be a thing Chevy needs to do every every trade deadline. Well, listen, before we go, I mean, I've got to get to you to what, what could be very well a weekly question in our visits on Winnipeg Sports Talk. But the Dubois trade's been made. The draft's in the rearview mirror. Mark Shifley and Connor Hellebuck are still Winnipeg Jets. Shevel Dayoff did say that, you know, everything's on the table. We're going to take some time to breathe a little on this. And, you know, he could see them being back. He could see them being extended. I'm not sure how much I believe that as it pertains to both players. But just your thoughts on... The fact of the matter is that the market obviously hasn't been good enough right now for the Jets to pull the trigger. I think they would have been willing to trade either of those players if they thought that they got fair value. That hasn't happened yet. How do you see this going forward, Brandon? And of the two players, is there one you think that's more likely could be staying or could at least put his name on an extension with the Jets? Not necessarily seven or eight years, but at least one to take him into next season as well. Yeah, anytime a GM says we're happy to have these guys pack at the fold, you're right. It, it's because it's basically it's GM speak for we need better offers. Yeah, and if we get better <laughs> offers, they're not going to be a part. So that that's exactly what it was there. The, the, I mean, to me, the most interesting part of this past couple of days wasn't anything Chevy said. It's what Loren Bersois said. I mean, he was very, very blunt about the fact that yeah, I'm sharing the crease with Helly this year, and hopefully, I can take some of the load off him. So. Unless he got, you know, the the speaking notes from Chevy himself to throw, like, I don't know. I, I don't know if a player is willing to do something like that for a GM. So that, that to me, kind of caught my eye that maybe the Jets are kind of expecting to go into this season with Hellebuck and Bressois as their tandem right now. I mean, that that's kind of how I've seen this this whole time, man, to be honest, is that, you know, goalie trades and goalie trade markets are very notoriously difficult to, to find a ton of value in. And I, I just don't think there is a lot out there. GMs love paying guys five, six million to give you a 900 save percentage, but they don't want to pay 9 million to have a 920 guaranteed for a couple of seasons. So, you know, figure that one out. But if I had to make a prediction, it's kind of how I've seen this going all along is that I think at the very least, Hellebuck starts the season with the team. I don't think he starts it with an extension in place. And this gets revisited as the year goes on, whether he's moved at the deadline or whether he likes what he sees and, and re-ups with the team, because I don't know. I think the Jets are one of the only clubs that would be willing to pay him as much as he's looking for. Um, whether they can contend as the other part of that remains to be seen. So I think we see Hellebuck and Brassois stay as the tandem. And I, I still think we see Mark Shifley moved at some point. I mean, Boston's yet to drop the hammer on a trade. That, to me, is the one team that's sitting in the weeds waiting for something massive, you would assume. And I think there's a handful of other clubs that have struck out that you know might revisit this mid-July, closer to the season. I, ju- I just feel like the whole revamping of the team, the fresh start, all that stuff, it, it, it's, a, it's a half step unless Shifley is moved as a part of that. And with dollars being so tight, maybe the Jets have to get creative in terms of 
retaining some salary, which again is crazy on a $6 million contract for a guy that scored 40 goals last year. But he's a much easier fit for a lot of teams than a lot of other high-end guys. And I ultimately think the Jets do find a way to move on from him. What they get back in return, where he goes to, I have absolutely no idea on that. Yeah, well, I mean, Boston does make sense for a lot of reasons. And yeah, and the funny thing is, many of us have said, well, listen, Swayman could be a perfect part of that coming back. What well, changes things a little bit if uh, Hellebuck's still in the mix. Yeah. That being said... You'll have a lot to talk about on skates and plates going forward, and certainly will we on uh, the uh, visit here on WST. Brandon, have an awesome weekend. I hope you. Uh, I hope it's as relaxing as uh, as it sounds to be with yeah. uh, <laughs> with all you've got going on. Seriously, though, have a great one with the family, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, looking uh, looking forward to relaxing all weekend. <laughs> Going to be a good time. <laughs> have a good one, pal. Yes, yeah. All right, good stuff with Ruiki. Uh, Kenny Weeb coming up in just a second. Hey, folks, if you're looking for uh, great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, groceries, and Winnipeg's largest assortment of local products, too, you got to get on down to Vita Health Fresh Market. Seven locations in Winnipeg or online at myvita.ca. And hey, another great weekend for getting on the grill with barbecue season in full swing. Vita Health has delicious Vita Market grass-fed bison and beef steaks for your next barbecue. And you might want to check out Garden of Life formulas like Prostate Protect and Once Daily Men's as well to help support men's gastrointestinal health. Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Seven Winnipeg locations and online at myvita.ca. Our friends at Wallace & Wallace are busy right now. They are Winnipeg's fencing and overhead door specialist, and uh, that means long days right now in the summer. But they can help you with uh, either your fence needs, if uh, you need the security and protection of a new fence, or if winter did a number on your old one, with vinyl, ornamental, welded wire, chain link, or wood fences. And if it's time to replace your garage door, they've also got Winnipeg's largest selection of overhead garage doors. Give them a call at 452-2700. The Wallace and Wallace team will arrange a time to come out and give you a free estimate. You can also visit them at wallacefences.com or pop down to their showroom on Lawson Road off of Keniston. Hey, uh, if uh, fellas, how's the closet looking? Because wedding season is here. We've got a big fall coming up. If you uh, are looking into the closet and realize that you need to up your menswear game, may I suggest you head down and see Andrew, Alex, and the great staff at F Apparel at 190 Smith Street. They got custom suits beginning at 400 bucks, along with chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked. 15% discount for wedding parties. If you are standing up for one of your boys, uh, get the uh, fellas down there for a 15% discount when you get your suits for the big day at F Apparel. Pop down and see them at 190 Smith Street. You can find out more online or make an appointment at F, that's E-P-H, apparel.com. And with the weekend here, it might be a great time to plan to uh, take the whole fam down to your local Nick and Nicky DQ. Jump on some of those delicious summer blizzard flavors that are in right now. And maybe when you're taking off, you can grab a, a couple racks of uh, Dilly Bars, Buster Bars, and more for the freezer to have the great taste of uh, DQ seven days a week. Uh, four locations with DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, DQ St. Anne's, and DQ Niverville. And you can also hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. 
if you want to get a cake, a blizzard or ice cream cake for an upcoming event for a quick and easy pickup at any of the four Nick and Nikki DQs. All right, let's uh, let's get our boy Kenny Weeb in here right now. Ken, what is up? Oh, look at this. Uh, he's just had a trip to Nick and Nikki DQ on the way back from the Iceplex, I see. Correct. Uh, tied to product placement, yes. Also product uh, analysis here. Uh, with the monthly Blizzard, the cake batter cookie dough, it is getting a two thumbs up rating uh, from this uh, Friday visitor. Frequent like visitor, it. Andrew. Did, did you sneak in a stack burger as well for uh, for lunch? <laughs> no, it was at the Forks for lunch. Uh, we have some uh, family in from out of town, so we're over down at the Forks for uh, for lunch, but had to uh, stop in on the on the drive back to the palace here. You've uh, you've done quite well today. I mean, I saw you this morning at the rink. You managed to get in a lunch at the Forks and a trip to DQ. And you get here ready to go. You know what? It's frankly good that you're keeping yourself very busy, which gives you less time to think about your putting woes. Yes, Andrew. Uh, we also have an uh, exorcism planned for uh, 425-ish today. I uh, will be seeing Rob McMillan later to uh, try to straighten out some of these uh, putting difficulties that you're we have. You're swinging it uh, so well. Everything else, everything else is clicking right now. It's a... Uh, <laughs> Yes, it's uh, it was but it was a good good week on the golf course. Uh, we we had Scotty worked up pretty hard on uh, on the 18th hole at Breezy the other day for sure. There's he no doubt about it that. Described it yesterday on his visit. He was he, that close. He's still thinking about it, Andrew. And uh, you know, <laughs> I I know he felt like on a on a uh, you know ladder match that if he had one hand on the belt that he got half of it. But uh, <laughs> as you know, Andrew, you need a full outright win. To steal the belt, so it is still <laughs> residing in the closet up here. Well, you came in at the last minute with the foreign object, and to be honest, <laughs> the way the way that you've been handling that putter, it almost looked like a foreign object. At Abdul times, the but, butcher uh, style, Andrew. That's how I've been putting. But uh, I did make the uh, the uh, walk in, walk off uh, special on eighteen. So it was uh, it was quite a quite a scene, and great to be out with you, also, Andrew. That was our. Uh, our first match uh, on the course together since we got absolutely obliterated by Mark Chuby and Mo Gosselin at the uh, 10th anniversary MGI. So <laughs> that's right. Uh, good, good to be back on the course with you as well. And well, uh, the, the, let's do that again. The vibes were good for me. The game wasn't. I was uh, basically chipping with a butter knife. It seemed. I mean, uh, chipping everything. Anyways, it was uh, it was a hell of a great time, and uh, people are still talking. Oh, and by the way, I should. This is overdue. But we got to give a shout out to Gordy McNaught, who oh, yeah. was buying a few drinks on Monday <laughs> after our round um, because he aced the 16th hole at Breezy, which uh, is a beast of a hole. I think it was playing about 205 uh, that day. So or shout hybrid out to, for, uh, for, shout for out Mr. To McNaught. For, yes, uh, well for done. getting that one down. And uh, uh, there were a few cocktails had by uh, many on the beautiful 19th hole at Breezy Bend afterwards. Shout out to Corey. If you're looking, by the way, if you're looking at getting on the uh, waiting list for next year, give our pal Corey Johnson a call or uh, check them out at breezybend.ca. Um, Ken, you know, listen, I guess before we talk development camp and all that, we spend a lot of time talking about just how much fun it's been around there and the great vibes. Uh, let's rewind back to last weekend because, of course, we just come back from Nashville. You were very busy covering free agency. Um what uh, what did you make of the Jets' moves uh, over the course of uh, the 1st of July and the 2nd of July, bringing back Nemetsnikov and welcoming back Loren Brassois as well as uh, Jeff Veal 
coming over, uh, and the re-signing of Axel Johnson Fialbi, which I think maybe caught a few people off guard. Uh, fill us in on uh, kind of your rundown of uh, the Jets' free uh, free agent ads. Yeah, Huss, I mean, we've been talking about Nemestikov, uh, you know, for weeks and or months. Uh, so I think that was a natural signing. Uh, I think what we knew is that he enjoyed it here quite a lot. But uh, I think that if you wait that long, you are obligated as a player to listen to see what else might be out there. And I think ultimately, you know, I had, an, I had a conversation with uh, Vladimir Vladislav during the playoffs there in, in Vegas. And he talked about the need or the want to sort of settle in somewhere. I mean, this is a guy that's bounced around a lot and, you know, for good reason, teams want him at the deadline. So it's good to be a valued commodity, but for him, we know how much Rick bonus values, what he can contribute. And I know a lot of fans are up in arms with the suggestion that he could be a top six center. I mean, it's not, (laughs) he, he can easily be a top six center because of what he can contribute in all areas. I mean, is he going to have 80 points? No, but he could give you 50 to 60 in a good year uh, because of the chemistry he's developed with Nikolai Ehlers. And Huss, since Line left town and Stastny left the first time, Nikolai Ehlers hasn't had a ton of guys that he has really clicked and gelled with. Yes, he's had small samples with Shifley where they've been out of this world, uh, but the the greater, you know, the greater picture hasn't proven to be uh, that to be a you know a winning combination, if you will, in terms of both players lighting it up and and not giving up a whole lot at the other end. So I don't at worst, Nemestnikov plays on the third line with Adam Lowry and Alex Iafallo, or however it shakes down. I mean, that's a value proposition at two times two. I mean, that it's a really smart signing by the Jets. The other important thing, Huston, we've talked about this a lot. The Jets want to be harder to play against, and guess what? Since Nino Niederreiter and Vladislav Nemestnikov showed up on the scene, they got harder to play against because these guys agitate. They get under the skin of the opponent. Uh, they're not afraid to get in your grill. They do occupy a lot of space around the blue paint. And also pretty physical guys if they get in on you on the forecheck. So uh, smart on all those fronts. Lauren, Lauren Brassois, I love the signing, us. And I love it for him also because... This is the ultimate ultimate show-me player, right? He came here on a one-way contract where people were going, why is this guy getting a one-way contract? He hadn't even established himself as an NHL backup. He grew into a very capable backup and a guy who self-admittedly has wanted to be a number one guy and believed he had the ability to be one for a long time. Last year, he got that chance for the first eight playoff games of a Stanley Cup winning run for the Vegas Golden Knights. His 11 games after he was called up from Henderson were outstanding, 7-0-3. So this is a guy who, it's twofold, Huss. Uh, He can help, if Connor Hellebuck is still here at the start of the year, and he might be, he can help reduce the workload to a more manageable level so that Hellebuck has not played 69 games by the time his season, you know, 64 in the regular season, five in the playoffs. But... If the Jets have to move Connor Hellebuck because they're unable to sign him to an extension, the wheels don't fall off if he has to be moved at or prior to the trade deadline. You have a capable guy that could be a number one down the stretch. And you have a motivated guy on a one-year, $1.75 million deal that if he takes the net and becomes a starter, will command somewhere in the neighborhood of the 4.9 or more that his goalie partner, Aiden Hill, just got after picking up the ball after Brassois was hurt and running it to the finish line and winning a Stanley Cup. So 
those two moves make a lot of sense. Jeffrey VL, I don't know a whole lot about, but you know, Jeff Merrick, who loves junior hockey, uh, has high has high hopes for VL. Uh, he's a guy who's incredibly tough. Uh, has won a Memorial Cup championship. And Huss, we talked about this a lot. The Jets need more winners in that room. Guys who have won at every level. Uh, this guy has won at the junior level. He makes life difficult for his opponent. And let's not just, like, this isn't a guy who's just coming in to thump his opponent. He had 31 points in the American Hockey League. So there is some offensive upside there for sure. Uh, whether he's the 12th forward or the 14th forward, that's that remains to be seen. But he'll be in the mix. And then Axel Janssen Fialbi, the, the signing happened while we were out at Breezy. Um, two-year deal. It's two-way in the first year, a one-way in the second year. So you have some security. And what sometimes that also does, Huss, for some people who are wondering why not just the, you know, one-way the whole time? Well, maybe the Jets see him as more of a depth forward right now. He could play for the Jets, of course. Could also clear waivers and make a substantial salary somewhere. I think it's 225000 in the minors. So sometimes, Huss, what that means for Janssen Fielbe, because he has the second year with the one way attached to it, it's less likely for some teams to be willing to commit a waiver claim to a guy that is on a one way for the season afterwards. So it's a bit of a deterrent, but it's also a safety valve for the player knowing that in all likelihood, he's either getting paid like an NHLer or he's in the NHL in that second year. So yeah, we talked about this. This is a guy who is an effective player, good penalty killer can easily plug in on your fourth line. Now what we've seen from the jets is they're probably trying to get a little bit more offense than Janssen Fialbi provided, but he does a lot of things that are effective in terms of his forechecking ability, disrupting ability, uh, getting in the face of the opponent and his speed obviously is, is a, is a really key asset for him. So those four players in the addition of the three that came over from LA, uh, has changed the complexion of the roster, especially the forward roster, to this point. Yeah, uh, and, and Colin Delia. Sorry, I mean he's the uh, he's the uh, yeah. the other goalie signed. And I know a lot of folks that are listening have already listened, but if you haven't, Kevin Woodley from In Goal Magazine and NHL.com joined us for our uh, free agency wrap up show on Kenny he's and Rennie. Still talking, in fact. He may still be talking, <laughs> and he had an unreal amount of things to say about Colin Delia. For all you folks who just looked at the hockey DB page and said, "Why are the Jets signing this guy who's 888 save percentage?" Well, Delia is very highly regarded in the goalie business, and with goalie whisperer Wade Flaherty having the opportunity to work with Delia, there's a lot of people who believe that Delia actually could become an NHL backup and you know improve those numbers steadily. Now, do the Jets want to go into the season with Persuas as the number one and Delia as the, as the number two? Well, we'll see about that. But Delia is not just a, a throw-in here uh, when it comes to the signings. And it's created some nice competition, uh, you know, as we're going to shift over to with, you know, guys like Thomas Millich, who's going to be turning pro uh, and competing for a spot with the Manitoba Moose, likely with Delia and Oscari Salmonen. Um, all right. Now, before we get to kind yep. of this future of the Jets and everything happening at development camp, we can't talk about Brassois without <laughs> talking about Hellebuck, and we yep. can't talk about Hellebuck without talking about Shifley. I have a feeling that this is going to be an, a, a weekly update when you join us throughout the week. But uh, based on what we heard from Kevin Sheveldayoff say, um, what is your sense of where things stand right now with Connor Hellebuck and Mark Shifley as it pertains to their future with the Winnipeg Jets, short-term and long? 
Yeah, Huss, I mean, I don't think there's a lot of new information since uh, last time when we spoke about this uh, coming out of the draft. So uh, I would say that if the Jets had gotten an offer that they had thought was even reasonable or in the ballpark, uh, we'd be talking about a potential trade. Now, having said that, Kevin Dayoff has made it clear that uh, the offers have not been good enough. That's the read between the lines. Uh, what we also know is that the Jets are putting it out there that they would be open and the door remains open for either one of those or even both of those players to potentially sign a contract extension. Now, is that a front? Only Kevin Dayoff knows for sure. Us, we know that the Jets would like to keep Connor Hellebuck. He's their best player. So, uh, But how far are they willing to go? What's the number? What's the term? Now, these are all things we don't know. Uh, what we do know is that Ray Petcal, the agent for Connor Hellebuck, was at the rink this week at the uh, you know, Hockey for All Center. And I would imagine there's some conversations being had. Uh, you know, I spied him discussing uh, with Wade Flaherty. Not sure if that was just goalie talk. I don't think it got specific to contracts or anything of that nature. But uh, we know there's interest. Uh, Ray was also around the rink. Kristen Campbell, the uh, National Women's uh, Netminer was having a, a goalie camp for girls and females, and it looked like it was very well attended. And you love to see that happening. And, you know, that's something that Sammy Joe Small started a long time ago. Love to see Kristen uh, keeping that going here. Uh, back to the original question. Uh, I, I don't know where Connor is at. That's the thing. So we know Connor loves Winnipeg. He's enjoyed his time here. He wants to win a Stanley Cup. Does he believe that these changes the Jets have made make the Jets a Stanley Cup contender? I'm not sure. Only he knows that for sure. Uh, how does how does he feel about the Ilya Sorokin contract? I mean, it's not apples to apples, but it certainly is a factor when it comes to the marketplace. So once you know the once once Sorokin signs for that number, now you may have to adjust your sights. Now let's also get make this clear as well, Hus. If the Jets want to sign Connor Hellebuck, they're going to have to pay a higher AAV than Sorokin got because it's easier for the Islanders to attract than it is for the Jets. So what that number ends up being, I'm not sure. I think it's north of nine, but again, I'm not the agent. I'm not the player. I don't know if you're willing to sacrifice a little bit of money to achieve that goal of winning the Stanley Cup or if you need to be or want to be the highest paid netminder on the market right now. So that's sort of where things are at. Could I see Connor Hellebuck starting the year with the Jets? Of course. I mean, we talked about this, I think, last week. Patrick Laine started the year with the Jets. He only played one game, but pretty pretty good game. And it was a great game. Yes. <laughs> yes. Two and one for three. But uh that's not to say that, you know, Connor Hellebuck pitches a shutout in the opener and then he's never to be seen from again. Now th- that's not the case either. I-, I don't think they're at the point of no return. Uh, I think they're very deep into the steering contest. I think that both sides don't really want to back down. But at some point, I do think the Jets were going to make their strongest pitch to sign and convince Connor Hellebuck that this is the place for him. Now, does that mean five years at a higher number? Does that mean eight years at an AAV that goes down because the chances of you seeing elite net mining, even from someone who has been an elite net miner for ages 36, 37, 38, and potentially 39, there have not been a lot of those during the last stretch of time, Huss. So... There would have to be some hesitancy on that front, but knowing what's at stake for the organization, Connor Hellebuck still gives the Jets their best chance to be a playoff team and to go on a deep playoff run. So I expect the Jets to be acting accordingly, but ultimately it's going to come down to what Connor Hellebuck wants to do with his career. 
And that's sort of why things are at a standstill. I mean, Connor said it, you know, you were there. I mean, he said in Nashville, he hasn't given it a lot of thought, but before the season starts, Huss, I can assure you, he will give it a lot of thought because a lot of thought is going to be required when it comes to a decision of this magnitude for both the player and the organization. Well, and I do wonder, Ken, just, I mean, if maybe his perspective has changed a little bit, you know, considering the fact that, I mean, there hasn't been suitors, as far as we know, knocking down the Jets' door with both an offer that makes sense for them to take and a check for Connor Hellebuck at what he has absolutely earned and probably thinks that he's worth. Um, you know, when that doesn't happen, I think you do need to reevaluate it. whether that changes his mind as to, you know, what his long and short-term future is, I guess we'll see. But I would suggest that maybe the situation today in early July is a little different than I think what a lot of people, myself included, expected it to be heading into last month. For sure. But let's not pretend who has the leverage here. I mean, the player is under contract at a very team-friendly deal, whether that team is the Winnipeg Jets or any team in the National Hockey League. And the player... Even if player, even if Connor had an off year, he would still be showing the body of work that included, you know, probably seven above average to elite seasons out of eight as a starter. And you know, add next year, it's probably seven or eight of nine. So uh, I think the player is in a good spot, and that's why has, there is urgency on the Jets side of things to show Connor Hellebuck that you know again. The longer Connor Hellebuck is in the lineup for the Jets, the better it is for the Jets. That doesn't eliminate the risk factor of an injury or, you know, things go sideways, uh, you know, because that could affect the return. It also could affect his opinion on where things stand with the Jets. I mean, are you rolling the dice starting the year with Connor Hellebuck just with this one year left on his deal? Of course. But you're also extending your window to potentially sign him to a long-term deal, which we know is what the Jets would like. So, I mean, if you're Hellebuck, you're pissed off at the rest of the market that no one stepped up. Huss, we've seen what a highly motivated... Connor is motivated by nature. If you have a goaltender looking around and saying, you don't want me as your number one goalie, why don't I pitch a few shutouts and let you know what you're missing out on? So, um, hey, like I said, it, it is... There's a, there's a... We got rid of the Dubois Drama Award. There could be a new contender in town here before long, depending on how things things shake down over the next couple of months. And I'm not calling Connor Hellebuck dramatic. I'm saying that his play could make this situation very interesting, both for the Jets and any other team that has shown any interest in him or hasn't shown interest in him, but then sees this magnificent run and says, oh yeah, we are kind of missing out with that element of our game uh, and maybe this is a guy that might be able to help them. But again, ultimately the Jets want to keep Connor Hellebuck, but at what number and at what term, that's where the drama comes in for me. Now they've given themselves, like, don't look at Brossois just insurance. He is insurance and insulation, but the Jets value Lauren Brossois or else they wouldn't have brought him back, right? So, and to me, I think that Brossois is going to help push Hellebuck. We know there is that competitive element between the two of them, even though they're friends. And hey, it wasn't that long ago that Lauren Brassois started games two and three of the season, and it was up in arms in the in the in the Jets marketplace, right? Jet Nation was wondering what was happening. So 
again, I'm not saying that this is going to create any goalie controversy. I think it could be good for both guys because one is aiming higher and the other is going to have to play great to hold off the charge from the long-time backup. Uh, what about Shife? Yeah, I have no idea, Huss. I mean, it's I, I, I it's you. a tough one, and I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to be flippant, um, but I'm not trying to pretend that I know what's going on with him either. I mean, uh, are you surprised a, at how little of a market it seems that there's been out there for him? I don't buy that there's no market. Um, I, I buy that no one's made their best offer yet. Uh, this is how I view the situation, and it's not as maybe probably isn't as simple as I'm going to put it. Until the Elias Elias Lindholm situation gets sorted out, I think Shifley is in a holding pattern. Because for all the things that Mark does, especially offensively, Elias Lindholm is on an even friendlier team-friendly contract than Mark Shifley by almost $2 million. So any team looking for a number one or 1B center would probably prefer the two-way version that is $2 million cheaper than Mark Shifley. Even if the money was the same, to be That's honest That's what I mean. No, but you're also the benefit for the team that gets Lindholm is he's $2 million cheaper today. So that opens up the market for more teams that are capped out. So it's not quite as simple as that. But to me, until Lindholm is resolved, Shifley will not be resolved unless some other team gets tired of waiting for Lindholm or views Shifley's offensive game as valuable enough to move on from the potential of Lindholm, uh, whether that's Boston or any other team. Now, do I think that Mark has a market? Of course he does. I mean, this is a big-time point producer. Now, are there some, you know, issues at times? Yes, of course there are. But, you know, Sean said it plenty of times, and we're not the only ones saying it. In the right situation, Mark can be an incredibly effective player, for the Jets or for another team. So that's what I expect from him when the season starts. And I mean, I know your side of the coin hustle that you brought up and it, it's a valid one, but Mark can't afford to be selfish for numbers in order to better his situation. Everyone knows the numbers he can put up. They're watching how he interacts with his head coach, with his teammates, all of those things. And, and that's where he will become more appealing to other teams that are in the marketplace for a centerman. Uh, Kenny Weeb uh, at Weeb's World. You can read his uh, work at sportsnet.ca covering the Winnipeg Jets in the NHL with us on WST. Um, been a fun, fun week around the, uh, around the Iceplex or the, uh, sorry, the Hockey for All Center. Um, listen, I, I mean, we could just talk about the great personalities of these young guys and it's been fun. I think fans have really gotten into it. Um, but let me ask you, I mean, from your perspective, you've been there throughout the week. What uh, what has stood out to you from uh, watching uh, all these players, not just the first-rounders that are maybe getting a little bit more of the uh, time in the chat room? Yeah, Hassan, honestly, I think that the most valuable thing for the Winnipeg Jets organization is happening in the walkway between uh, two of the rinks, quite frankly. And, you know, what's happening on the ice will make no impact on whether yeah. a player or not makes the team on the fall in the fall. Uh, there aren't a lot of players on the ice that are even in contention for a roster spot, to be quite frank. However, the number of pictures and selfies that Colby Barlow, Rutger McGroarty, and a number of other players 
have been signing or standing around for, uh, not begrudgingly, with massive million-dollar smiles draped across their faces, is valuable. And not just for public perception, which we know is important for the organization. These guys are making lifelong fans before they've even played a single game with the Winnipeg Jets. And it's genuine. These guys aren't just posing with fake smiles and shaking hands and kissing babies. These guys are magnetic personalities who are actually happy to be in this situation and are proud to wear the logo, Huss. And for it, you know, for any team, that's important. For a Jets team trying to change the narrative, it's absolutely essential. We know they haven't had a camp like this since 2019. There is a palpable enthusiasm about the next wave of player that is coming into the organization, and for good reason. Uh, we saw it, and we've talked about it. I mean, I don't think it's an accident that Barlow and McGroarty walked out to the first session together. You've seen them on social media. We've seen them interacting with I fans. I think they're taking over the uh, Jets' Insta this, uh, I think this they afternoon. Are today, so yes. uh, all of you folks that can't get enough of those two young first-rounders, get on Instagram this afternoon and see what uh, they're going to be serving up on the uh, on the gram. Yeah, and Hus, I mean, I saw, I was standing in the periphery and I saw a kid's face after Colby signed his hat. And I, like I'm telling you, this is something that stays with a person for their entire lifetime, Hus. You and I, I mean, it was a long time ago for many, including you and I, there were times when we hung around the Winnipeg Arena in the bowels of the arena just hoping for someone to sign your program or something of that nature. And those things stick with you for a long, long time. And for me, I've been incredibly impressed by the ability and, you know, the willingness for those guys to, to put in that effort. Um, I love the way the families are interacting. There's some families here who had a chance to Mike McIntyre and I were both speaking with Zach Nering's mother and grandparents and sister today um, down from Minot. They, they literally still cannot wipe the smiles off their faces from what they're able to enjoy in Nashville. And the pride that the family is taking in Zach joining this organization, uh, it's incredible. And Huss, I mean, Naring was the star of the scrimmage today. Had two absolute snipes, uh, at least two that I saw. And one of them was an incredible rush. This guy's a great skater. Of course, he needs to grow into his body. He's going to play in the USHL next year for the Sioux Falls Stampede. And then he's committed to going to Western Michigan University. But it's impressive. And, you know, the other thing, too, you and I were sitting there this morning watching the defensemen. And it was a pretty empty rink on that side because most most guys were watching the first rounders on the other side. Elias Sol Solomonson, he looks like a future NHLer and anyone who is standing around with me. say he's a ball player. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Rutger would say he's a ball player. There's no doubt. About, Rutger was nowhere near that ice sheet. Uh, he's a ball player. Yeah. Um, the guy skates like the wind. He's about six, two. He's going to need to fill into his frame a little bit. He's, you know, but this is a guy. It's funny. Huss, this is also like deep, deep woods. When I covered the moose, uh, we were in Grand Rapids in the spring. I went and watched the West Michigan Whitecaps play high A ball. And Cameron Mabin was on the Tigers. He was, I think, one of the top three prospects for Baseball America. The way he ran to first base was different 
than every any other player on the on the field. Now that sounds absurd, but it it's these are the things you have to look for. I mean, uh, Solomonson is going to play one more year with Skelleftia uh, in the Swedish Hockey League, but then I expect him to come over. And you know, might he need some time with the Moose? Of course. I mean, we'll see how he develops, but he's you know one of if not the best Jets defense prospect in the system, and you know. He's been impressive to watch. I, I was not there yesterday. I know he did some interviews. Uh, I know he spoke with some members of the media. But, I mean, this is a guy who's going to be fun to watch for a long, long time. Uh, Dimitri, I don't know if it's Kniazev or not, but he actually spoke some pretty good English. Uh, he spoke today to the reporters. I wasn't in the scrums, but listened to him. Uh, he's he's eager and excited to you know showcase his offensive abilities, and he'll be with the Manitoba Moose. But this is a guy who wants to be in the NHL too. So, you know, we know there's already a log jam, but – Here's another guy who was brought in for a guy who was not going to play with for the Moose again and probably not for the Jets. So they turned him into a left-shooting uh, offensive-defensive prospect. I've uh, heard a lot of great things from scouts about his skating ability and offensive instincts. Now we'll see what that turns into. Can he push for work, be a depth guy down the road? Let's see. Uh, the biggest thing for him, he's on it one last year of an entry-level deal and then see what happens with him. So up, you know, uh, Dominic Divincentis, first time to really watch him in person. Uh, really impressive. Thomas Millich, we know he's had such a winning pedigree. Uh, I wouldn't bet against him if I were you. Um, the cool bet lines will will probably give you some decent odds for him succeeding. Uh, all he's done is win at every level. And, you know, outside of that, just kind of, I like to watch how people interact with players, uh, with the coaches. I think it'll be fun on Saturday. I think there's going to be a bunch of... Uh, you know, different elements in the scrimmage component. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's just a nice, it's nice. I would say it this way to people. It's a nice way to set your baseline of what you can expect from these players. Let's also not forget. And for folks who just think these guys are coming out of the, coming out of the lab to borrow uh, LB's words the other day, when speaking about Vasilevsky, most of these players haven't been on the ice very much. Um, their seasons have ended. They've been training, but you really only start ramping up like kind of middle of July and August for the skating portion. And sorry, I should also say this, my conversation with Brad Lambert. One thing Jets fans will love to hear, Brad is going to spend the majority of the summer after leaving development camp working out in the Gary Roberts high-performance lab. So we know this is an important place for him in his development. The fact that he's committed to doing that the way that you know Mark Shifley and Jacob Truba and several other players were on their way in or on their way up, that tells you all you need to know about Brad Lambert and what he wants to get accomplished. Now, I think Lambert's going to need to play some time with the Manitoba Moose if he's going to play center, but I love the fact that he's working out with Gary Roberts. He also is a guy, Huss. We know we were in Montreal. He didn't lack confidence last year, but he's a little bit more at ease, I think, having gone through everything that he went through, winning a Western League title, dominating against his peers. Now he's going to come back to the American League level and I think you have the chance to be dominant and see where things happen from there. Also, one last one, Danny Jelkin is also a guy who has caught my attention. And because of the late birthday, Huss, I did get down to the bottom of this before the day ended. He will be with, he is expected to be with the Manitoba Moose and turning pro because nice. he will turn 20 in December. I think that is so valuable on so many different levels for him personally, but also to help ease the transition for Nikita Chibrikov, for uh, Dmitry Kniazev, 
Um, I think this is so important to have a Russian presence around a guy who could, you know, we know that Danny has lived in Canada since he was, you know, I think before he was 10 years old, but to have someone who, who can help like for young guys, it's important, right? Line a had a couple of young guys around that helped his transition. And now these guys are going to have someone to help them along as they continue to work their way towards you know, the NHL eventually, you know, and as far as Lambert goes, and I mean, Lambert had a pretty star cross draft year. And we know that he fell from where he was ranked at the beginning of the season. And the jets were fortunate to be able to pick him at 30th with the Rangers pick. Yeah. I couldn't help but thinking, uh, you know, and McGrory particular, just because of his personality, but Barlow as well, having those two guys in maybe taking some of the spotlight, yeah. I think is actually really good for Brad Lambert as well going into into the year. And and I think he's also got some, you know, peers and fellow first round picks that come in with, you know, expectations, um, but really seem to be embracing it as well. <clears throat> Listen, I, I think that smart money is on all of these players playing elsewhere than Winnipeg. But it, if if you were had a gun to your head, who's the most likely player at development camp? to see NHL time next season, Ken? Well, Lambert would be the front runner for sure for me. Uh, I don't think it's opening night spot, but uh, for me, he's the guy who would have the best chance uh, of seeing NHL time first. I would also say that uh, Chaz Lucius, depending on his health, could also be pushing. And and us to your point about, you know, that's four first-round picks who are all pushing at the same time. So we look at the future of the Winnipeg Jets. Can can you incorporate four at the same time, like two seasons from now or a season from like after next season? That's an awfully big number at one time. So there is going to be a pecking order type of situation. Who's ready when and what role is best suited for these players to pop in to an NHL roster as a full-time player? Uh, I mean, could Colby Barlow have an incredible camp and ha- pull a Mark Shifley and maybe get a few games before going back to junior. It's entirely possible because of his skill set. But I think because he's going to need to work in his skating a little bit more, it's probably unlikely. Uh, but he's definitely going to get some preseason action. And then if he if he sh- if he shines like Shifley did, then who knows what's going to happen. But to me, Lambert is probably um, ahead in the, in the game, in the prospect game right now. Hey, uh, just before uh, just before we go, Kenny, and I know you got to run. Yeah, uh, there's a bunch of people talking about Jonathan Taves in the in the chat. Um, have you heard anything about Taves? Like, is he even looking to play next season? I mean, it's been I don't know. I, I haven't seen anything really on him. And I mean, whether or not the Winnipeg Jets are even part of the equation, I'm interested if you've heard anything about his future, whether he's going to return to the NHL. Yeah, I don't think he's closed the door. But I, I, if he was ready to say yes that he could play this season, he would be signed. I mean, this is very simple. This is, you know, one of the best players, if not the best player Manitoba has ever produced. Uh, he has three rings in his case of, of that is filled with trophies of all levels and medals. Uh, if he is healthy enough to play, even if he's healthy enough to play 50 games huss, out of 82, uh, there will be contenders lining up to sign him. But the fact that he isn't signed by now would lead me to speculate that he's not 100% sure about his health. And secondly would be, do you want to keep playing if it's not with the Blackhawks? I do think that Jonathan would be interested in pursuing a Stanley Cup um, if he's healthy enough to do so. I don't know, Huss, right now if he is. And here's the other thing. If he were healthy enough and looking and there was not interest, um, let's not kid ourselves. The agent would get the message out there 
that Jonathan is ready to sign. And then teams would be getting on the phone to one Mr. Pat Brisson. I believe that that's still his representation. And I do believe that it is. He is a, he's from that, that grouping beauty. Hey, listen, I know you got to run. Have a great rest of the afternoon and I will see you at the game tonight. Take an Uber. We might be having a good time. <laughs> right on, Huss. Uh, have a great weekend. Thanks for having me, and uh, should be a tremendous weekend ahead. Enjoy. You got it. There's Ken Weeb, uh, sportsnet.ca, at Weeb's World. Great friend of the program, and if you have any putting tips, tweet them to him. Um, uh, bombing's going to jump on with us right now. we got to get ready for this football game tonight. Uh, before we do that, though, it is Big Princess Auto Night tonight down at um, IGF. Uh, Princess Auto, proud sponsors of the Bombers. And uh, in the Princess Auto tailgate zone beforehand, we're going to have a mechanical bull. Not sure whether Bombing's going to be jumping on that mechanical bull. We'll ask him shortly. Uh, But 350 popping hot dogs, $5 beers before the game. Get there early. Enjoy everything there is to uh, take in before the game, and then we'll go see, hopefully see the Bombers kick some butt tonight. Of course, Princess Auto is where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is over at Princess Auto. Two Winnipeg locations, Panet Road, Portage Avenue West, and you can always shop online 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. Big Bomber supporters over at Consolidated Supply. Saw my pal Chris Buechler from the company there last week. I know Joe was spicy in the gang. I'll probably be at the ballpark tonight. But when they're not cheering on the Bombers, they are the leaders in irrigation systems, artificial turf for your property, and new and used golf carts is the exclusive club car dealer in Manitoba. Also got other great options for your property, including hot tubs and amazing outdoor kitchens. Not to mention they are the leaders in small engine parts and repair. So many different ways Consolidated Supply can help you, your property, or your business. Pop by and see them at their showroom. Open to the public, 1395 Niagara Road East, or find out more online at cte.ca. <clears throat> hey, if you're heading to the game tonight, how's your how's your bomber gear looking? If you need to upgrade, or maybe uh, add a little bit more excellent blue bomber gear you need to do it down at royal sports 750 pemina highway conveniently located on the way to the stadium of course they've got incredible bomber gear tons of exclusives not to mention uh, your biggest selection of winnipeg jets and nhl merchandise in town along with blue jays raptors major league baseball nfl with the season just coming around uh, and much more than just the best merch spot for fan gear anywhere uh, soccer, baseball, softball, tennis, disc golf, tons of bikes. Make the most of summer with the trip to Royal Sports today, 750 Pemina Highway. And check them out on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina. Hey, a big shout out to all the Winnipeg Sports Talk listeners that headed out to BP over the last three days for the Blue Jays watch parties. Got a chance to pop in and say hi to Celine and the gang. Great to see the wins and Chris Trubick and a bunch of others that were there. Um, tonight, it's all about the Bombers, though. And, of course, hey, if you're not at the game, the next best place to do it is get together with your friends and watch the big game on the big screen with big sound at your local Boston Pizza. I've got some great new menu items, including a Korean barbecue chicken sandwich, some great new appies. So check those out tonight. And, heck, if you are staying in, you can always order online at bostonpizza.com. All right, let's welcome in 
the uh, host and the brains behind Bonfire Sports. Big week for Bonfire. Bluto yesterday, we did a WST raid and a special guest star from none other than the land shark himself, Willie Jefferson, on Wednesday. Darren Bombing joins us now. DB, what is up? It was great to talk to Willie because you got to see a little bit more of the the natural personality come out with one of the, the most entertaining and, and genuine personalities in the CFL. You know, we talked about his days growing up as an athlete in Beaumont, Texas, and, uh, you know, what he's able to do on the football field now. We talked about the Sea Bears and him wanting to, you know, he says, let me hoop, let me hoop. He wants a 10-day contract to show people what he can do on the, on the basketball court. We see what he can do on the football field. He used to play wide receiver in college at elite level football, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't put it past him that, that he could probably post up, maybe even work a little perimeter game and, in, in, uh, you know, into the hoops. Well, I, listen, I, I mean, I saw him at the uh, Seabears game uh, a couple of weeks back. Uh, him, uh, Jamarcus, um, Patty Newfeld, a bunch of the guys were yep. there. And I couldn't help but think that if the timing of this season was a little different, that Willie could absolutely get in there and help that team win, win some yep. games. I mean, he is a freak athlete. There's no yep. doubt about it. And I'll tell you what, we saw some of the best of Willie Jefferson last week against Montreal, bouncing back from a very humbling loss at home to the BC Lions. Got his running mate, Jackson Jeffcoat, back on the other side. We saw what that means to the bomber pass rush, and uh, Willie was everywhere on Mon- uh, uh, against Montreal. No, and he, he's kind of been everywhere in every game this season. And yeah, Jackson Jeffcoat's been there alongside him for a while. But there's also been times where it's been Celestin Haba with Jeffcoat injured, you know, for a stretch to, to start the season. Um, I feel like Jackson Jeffcoat and Willie Jefferson, they make each other better and, and not more talented, but more effective because it's just a double dose of, you know, well, you know, lesser of two evils. You can't focus on both of them. Both of them are, are, are long, athletic, able to get their hands up, knock footballs down. Everybody looks at stats. Uh, the CFL does not um, uh, track quarterback pressures anymore. They did for a number of years, but but haven't for a number of years now. Um, but it's just the disruption that those guys bring. You know, I've been very impressed with Celestin Haba. I think he's kind of a, a third dose that Winnipeg is able to rotate in. But the return of Jackson Jeffcoat last week, I think, was a real boon for this Blue Bombers defense. They're going to have their hands full tonight against the Stampeders. They are going to run the football against Winnipeg. Jake Mayer has not been uh, an incredibly dangerous quarterback with his arm. He throws the ball short a lot, um, you know, has not stretched the field. So it'll be interesting to see how Calgary kind of game plans against a Blue Bombers defense that does not allow the home run. They allow a lot of pass yards, but they do not allow a lot of big plays unless there's a a blunder in the backfield. It happens. But, uh, you know, they're they're coming off an incredibly strong performance against the Montreal Alouettes, just allowing three points. The weather will be much nicer at IG Field tonight. So uh, I expect the offenses to score uh, a little bit of points. But Calgary's going to bring the run game. Yeah, and and Calgary, listen, I I guess it's an overstatement to say that they're a desperate team at one and two. I mean, they lost a game in overtime. But when you look at, I mean, the Riders getting a win last night, they didn't deserve. Maybe we'll touch on that in a second. Um, And the way that BC has looked so far this season and knowing where Winnipeg is, I would say that there is certainly a sense of urgency for Calgary to step up their game. And uh, 
and prove that even win or lose, that they can hang with some of the top teams in the West because, um, I mean, basically, they've already lost that game to Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan has the wins. We know where BC is. We know where Winnipeg is. This is an unfamiliar territory for the Calgary Stampeders to sort of be playing catch-up right now in the majority of their division. Yeah, they're on kind of the outside looking in right now. And you mentioned that loss in overtime, but a loss is a loss in the standings and zero points. So, um, you know, Calgary looks at Saskatchewan. Okay, you know, are we, are we as good as Saskatchewan? Are we better than Saskatchewan? I think they are. But BC is playing really good football. Yeah, they lost to the Toronto Argonauts. They, you know, the Argos probably deserve to be number one in the CFL power rankings right now. But BC did come into Winnipeg's house a couple weeks ago and uh, do something not a lot of teams do. I think it's been over five years since a Western team has beat Winnipeg at IG Field. So Calgary is looking at, okay, you got the, the perennial powerhouse Winnipeg. You've got Saskatchewan at three and one. You got BC beating, uh, you know, some of the, top teams in the league and they beat Calgary in week one as well. Um, So they need to keep pace. We've seen it over and over again. You play the games for a reason. It will determine how the playoffs will be structured. But, uh, you know, Ted Wyman of the Winnipeg Sun, he pointed this out with Danny Austin on his podcast uh, yesterday that the Toronto Argonauts lost uh, really, really bad. I think they, they scored three points against the, uh, the BC Lions early last season, and then Toronto went on to win the Grey Cup. So I don't know if those results matter as much, but if you're sitting at one and two, and you got three and one Winnipeg, three and one Sask, and, and three and one BC, Calgary needs to start making hay while the sun is shining. That's in the summer right now, or they're going to be out of the picture come fall. Uh, a couple other storylines heading in, and we, we touched on this with Eddie yesterday, but um, two really different ends of the spectrum of uh, of life. Um, Adam Big Hill, of course, playing for the memory of his uh, father, who he was so close to, who passed away a couple weeks ago. Uh, you know, he announced on Instagram the passing, and I know he's going to be going back for a, uh, a memorial service later on this month. Uh, and then the other end of the spectrum with uh, Nick Dembski, becoming the proud father of a baby girl earlier this week. And uh, listen, I think we know what <laughs> Adam Big Hill is about as reliable as a player we've ever seen. I mean, what he brings each and every game. Um, but I'm telling you what, if you believe in intangibles and things like baby swag, I think Nick Dembski is going to have a monster game tonight, and I hope he's got a special touchdown celebration ready to go. I'm wondering if Winnipeg Sports Talk Hustler is going to make a – number 10 baby swag jersey t-shirt i like that the well baby swag. i don't know about the jersey i'm certainly making a bet on him scoring tonight i can tell you that yeah uh, a, a little a uh, uh i have already put in the play of the day for cool bet canada today and it is in fact an anytime touchdown for nick Dembski, and he's also in our partner parlay normally we'll, normally we will just take teams we've got ottawa plus two and a half bc minus seven and a Dembski touchdown tonight so I like I'm that. all in on that, but I, I mean, listen. He, we saw the way he started off the uh, the season, and listen. I mean, again, this is maybe getting into some gambling side of things that you know some people aren't that into. I will say this though: knowing Zach Caleros, knowing how close he is to those receivers, I have a feeling Ten's getting a couple extra looks in the end zone tonight, considering the big week that he's had. And I have no question that he'll be ready to step up and uh, and grab those opportunities. All of those Winnipeg boys love balling out at home, right? Because the friends, the, family, uh, the friends of friends, everybody's there, right? And everybody's aware of, of 
uh, what's going on in a game in Winnipeg more so than, you know, a game on the road. Uh, but, you know, you add Nick Dembski to a group that has already been producing a heck of a lot. And of course, it all runs through Zach Kolaris, Brady Oliveira, the Winnipegger, and, and the run game and, and him involved in the pass game. He's really kind of coming into his own as well. But for Nick Dembski, I like, the, you know, what you're talking about, Hustler, because inspired football, like no doubt he's going to want to get to the house and, uh, you know, start his daughter's life off right with a football in her crib that, you know, scored a touchdown in a win, uh, you know, for the hometown team. Um, Adam Big Hill, you know, I think playing inspired football is maybe what Calgary has most to be concerned with because it's, it's not just the personal uh, side of things with those guys. Drew Brown is another one. He's dealing with a personal issue right now is not with the team um, is not in Winnipeg, I should say. Uh, and, and he'll speak to, to those things uh, hopefully soon when, when he's back, but it's, the inspirational football that these guys can play beyond the personal in that, yeah, they ca- they're they coming off a win in Montreal, 17-3, to three, but the last time they played in Winnipeg, the Blue Bombers got embarrassed. It was an embarrassing loss, 30-6 to six to BC. They are going to say, we are not going to allow anybody to come in here and push us around once again. Chris Walby and I talked about that on game day Winnipeg and, and people can check out our, our pregame show now on, on the Bonfire channel. But there is no way Winnipeg is going to play uh, any sort of flat football. I expect them to come blazing out of the gate, ride uh, the energy that the Madhouse on Matheson crowd will bring. And I, I really do think Winnipeg is going to put their foot on the throat of the opponent. I expect I expect a big Bombers win tonight. I really do. Uh, it, just quickly, people are talking about Kenny Lawler. Uh, any, any update on that? I mean, are we getting any closer to resolution? This is longer than three to four weeks now, and I'm sure he's getting quite impatient to get back on the field with his teammates. Yeah, we have eclipsed four weeks in, in that timeline. Uh, the team you know, put out there that they hope things would be resolved by. Jeff Hamilton, who I know you had on uh, earlier this week of the Winnipeg Free Press, wrote a great piece in Montreal talking to uh, Bombers president and CEO Wade Miller and kind of getting the latest on it. But there is no update. And that's the unfortunate part of all of this is that it really is out of the Blue Bombers' hands. It's out of the league's hands. It's out of even Kenny Lawler's hands. I'm sure his lawyers and, and all the people that need to be doing, um, you know, the bookwork and the paper pushing to ensure that this uh, is expedited as quickly as possible. Ultimately, they're at the mercy of, um, of customs or I should say of Immigration Canada uh, and getting everything straightened out so Kenny can get back to work. He's not permitted to be in the building. He is not permitted to go to work. So Kenny, I'm sure he is busting his tail on his own. He needs to be on his own getting ready to, to come back. But but all that said, like Dalton Schoen, you, we talk about Nick Dembski. Dalton Schoen has more receiving yards hustler through four games this year than he did last year when he led the league in receiving. So Schoen is continuing to grow. Bailey and, and Dembski and Drew Olatarski's pulling in a touchdown every two games, uh, having a career year so far. Um, Winnipeg is in a good spot without, you know, a, a real game-breaking stud receiver in the CFL. Hey, uh, by the way, okay, Marble's registration is open, but there there is a blackmail going on right now. We got to get to 200 likes. So, uh, I mean, and listen, to be in and eligible for our hoodie, you have to be subscribed as well. So, uh, a three pronged attack 
Hit the red subscribe button. Hit the thumbs up. Put in exclamation mark marbles. And we'll get to the marble race coming up in just a few minutes. Uh, Darren, while people hit the like button and get in for marbles, before we go, and I know our focus is on tonight, I have to ask you about that abomination last night between the Elks and the Riders. I joked after the first period that that half of football not only cost us all 80 minutes of our lives that we'll never get back, but maybe put the CFL back a good 10 years. Um, big night for the Rouge, to say the least, but just your comments on how the Elks threw up all over themselves again. <laughs> I mean, it's one thing to give up a touchdown and a two-pointer to tie the game, but the lack of awareness at such a crucial point, I mean, it looks terrible on the player, but maybe even worse on a coaching staff that was already under eight ton of fire in Edmonton now for an 0-5 football team. Your analogy of the Edmonton Elks last night, Hustler, vivid, but very <laughs> correct. Uh, you know, Edmonton just, they can't help but shoot themselves in the foot. They can't help but find new ways to lose. Um, you know, it was Dave Campbell, the uh, Elks radio broadcaster, who, who put it that way. They're just finding new ways to blow it. Uh, Taylor Cordelius gets a lot of heat. I understand but he is moving the football. He is moving the chains. Yeah, you know, like he's thrown for 230, 240. I think last week he had 249 yards. This week, 226. They can't get the run game going too, too much. You know, Kevin Brown was a little bit better yesterday. But when Taylor Cornelius throws a touchdown, as he did last night, it gets called back due to penalty because of um, a holding call on, on their right tackle, David Foucault. So, the way the game ended uh, with the Rouge and the returner seemingly clearly being unaware of the rule and how it works and that giving the, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders a 12-11 final, not a baseball score, not a hockey score. That was a football score, 12-11 and 3-3 at the half, um, really shows the dysfunction Edmonton has. Is Chris Jones overwhelmed? He's the GM. He's also the head coach. He's also the defensive coordinator. And then after that blunder, the player who made the mistake goes up to Chris Jones. And you can tell by that interaction, it wasn't, I've told you this, or you know this, or you should know this. It was more, um, you know, like, hey, it, it happened. You didn't know the rule. Good gracious. It's the Canadian Football League. These guys need to know because it was the difference between the riders moving to three and one and Edmonton finding their first win of the season. Everybody in Edmonton is really shook right now. I think there is a lot of disassociation with the franchise hustler, and that's the most concerning thing. This team changed their name. The logo stayed the same. The stadium and the colors and everything stayed the same. But a lot of people don't believe that this football club that hasn't won at home in a long, long time is not the same football team that pulled in championship after championship in the city of champions for so long. It is a very different situation in Edmonton right now. And one thing, only one thing is going to fix it, and that's winning. They're not going to fire their GM, head coach, defensive coordinator combo of an individual midseason because then what? You, you, you got, you know, nobody running things. So it, it's a mess. We'll see if Edmonton can find a way to, to, to figure it out, dig themselves. 
Great stuff, bombing. Uh, fill us in. Uh, what are you going to have uh, post game wise heading into the weekend over on the Bonfire Channel? Yeah, uh, Schnitzy will join me as he always does on game day after dark. Joey Slattery has been pining to get back on ever since he joined us on after the dark Slat last Man. week. Yeah, Slats is back. Uh, or Slaughter, I think, is is the nickname uh, uh, we've been throwing around there. So uh, it, it'll be a blast on the post game uh, as we always do. But I really encourage people, you know, before the game, even during the game, uh, watch Game Day Winnipeg with myself and Chris Wall. But you'll get some really good insight uh, from a guy that played in the league for uh, for sixteen seasons uh, and then called ten Grey Cups as a broadcaster afterwards. Uh, Bluto's one of a kind. We always have fun. Right, right on bombing. Uh, listen, uh, I'll look forward to uh, checking out what you and Zach have after the game and uh, can't wait for kickoff tonight. And of course, everything happening on you and Zach need to go ride that uh, mechanical bull before the game. Great <laughs> content opportunity for your bonfire channels. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> Thanks for doing this, buddy. Here's man. All right. Great stuff. There is Darren bombing bonfire sports. Make sure to give them a uh, make sure to give them a uh, a, a a follow. Um, all right. Hey, I got to give a shout out to our friends. I think it was Bridget that said that she's actually tuning in from Folk Fest right now, and our friends at Little Brown Jug. And she said it looked like a Little Brown Jug Fest because of all the umbrellas there. Um, I can tell you, if you are heading out Folk Fest way, you can check out that exclusive Folk Fest lager made by our friends at Little Brown Jug out at the great event. You can also try that down at the brewery and tap room. And if you're going to the game tonight. Uh, either at the ballpark, Little Brown Jug 1919, and generic available everywhere. And I think LBJ is still in uh, in uh, Craft Beer Corner as well. And, of course, 1919, their signature beer, now available at Bomber Games as Little Brown Jug's an exclusive partner of the Winnipeg Football Club. Those are available at the Poutineries on both sides of the stadium as well as the uh, the hometown concession stands so if you're looking for a 1919 Winnipeg's favorite local beer, that's where you're going to find it tonight. And, of course, it's also available at the Folk Fest. Uh, know what's golden tomorrow at the uh, brewery, by the way. They've got a lot going on out at um, Folk Fest. I believe there's a wedding there tomorrow, but the What's Golden series is going to continue coming up next Saturday. Find out more, everything going on on their social channels and over at littlebrownjug.ca. Uh, shout out to our friends at Aikens Lake. It's a great weekend for fishing. Uh, and I'll tell you what, it is always a great time if you can uh, get an availability and get out to hit up Aikens Lake. You can be on the water after a drive and a short flight in less than two hours from the city of Winnipeg. World-class fishing and even more world-class hospitality from the incredible Turin family and the Aikens Lake team. Find out more at AikensLake.com about very limited availability this year and already booking into 2024. An incredible corporate outing as well if you're looking something unique and you know closer to home. Pit Turan at, uh, at Aikens Lake on Twitter as well will be able to help you out with that. Uh, and of course, we're back at it on the track at Mon- on Monday at Aiken or at uh, Cinnaboya Downs. Remus and I will get back with our picks on Monday. I am ice cold right now when it comes to the track, uh, but I'm going to be going there live next week, and hopefully that will change my luck as of late. That being said, nothing like getting out there, getting a post. You can find out about availability in the dining room for that incredible buffet they do every race night as well by calling 885-3300 or find out more at asdowns.com. All right, we got marbles to get to, uh, and I know what... We definitely got to get to the cool bet lines, though, before we do that. So why don't we get to that right away? Uh, over at 
coolbet.com. Let's look at these CFL lines tonight. Bombers are still eight-point favorites uh, on the game tonight against the Calgary Stampeders. Big number. Um, that being said, if I have to go on one side or the other, I'll ride with the home team. I think the Bombers have a, a big bounce-back performance considering what happened the last time they played at home. Don't mind the over 46-and-a-half. But as I mentioned, my favorite play is anytime touchdown for Nick Dembski, which uh, Kubet has listed at minus 143. Uh, and that was a common theme with our lock shop partner parlay. We got a Dembski TD in both of the exclusives. First of all, we've got the lock shop partner parlay. Um, we've got the Red Blacks plus two and a half, BC Lions minus six and a half, and a Dembski anytime TD. And then we've got a Winnipeg Sports Talk exclusive as well tonight, um, which I've put together the over on Zach Calero's passing yards. So 258 or more passing yards for Zach. Dalton Schoen, 73 yard passing yards or more. A Dembski TD and Bombers to cover seven and a half. That one's up at plus 750 right now. So uh, if uh, if you're riding with me on the Dembski TD and a big night for the Bomber offense, get on over there, plus 750 for our WST exclusive and the lock shop with the Dembski TD and the uh, Ottawa and BC games against the spread all over there at CoolBet. Uh, of course, the U.S. Women's Open's on right now. Lots going on in Wimbledon. Shout out to Bianca and Chapo for winning their big matches today and moving on. Great tournament so far for those young Canadians. Uh, and we do have Canada-USA on Sunday in the CONCACAF Gold Cup. Canada, without many of their top players, a big underdog, plus 400 in that one. But as they say, that is why they play the games. Oh, and I should mention our Sea Bears. Uh, I was all over the cool bet guys to see if we could start getting lines for the CEBL. Well, we've got them now. And the Sea Bears are one point favorites in their game tomorrow against the Edmonton Stingers. Uh, and the Sea Bears minus 119 on the money line to win the game as well. Uh, we got a couple other games Brampton and Niagara River and the Ottawa Blackjacks and the Vancouver Bandits. Sea uh, Bears, after being in first place comfortably, Lost a couple on this road trip. Need to get back in the win column against Edmonton. I like him to do it. I will take that bet and uh, probably just bet them to win at minus 119. Coolbet.com. Check it out. Check out the Lock Shop as well for all of our picks. That's at the Lock Shop Bets channel on YouTube. And if you haven't played a Coolbet before, use the promo code WST. Hook you up with a 100% bonus up to 200 bucks on your first deposit. All right, Reem. Just about marbles time, I think. Getting in there, getting in there. I do want to say a lot of talk with the game being decided on the Rouge yesterday. Milt Stiegel tweeting this out. I know I'm in the minority uh, for this way of thinking, and I know it's been a part of the CFL since the beginning, but I've said it a million times, and I'll say it a million more. I don't like the Rouge. Just my opinion. Hashtag. At CFL on TSN, hashtag paper plates. And I Has still don't understand. Ever found out what the hell paper no, plates I means? Still, I still don't know what it means, but I'm going to strongly disagree. I love the Rouge. I think it's amazing. 
I think it forces, it makes it a field position game. It forces you to return the ball. You can't just sit there and take touchbacks. It makes the CFL different and exciting. And I know there's people that will say they don't like it on missed field goals because it rewards failure. I don't care. If you're going to have the rouge any other time, you can't just be like, eh, it's not on missed field goals. Um, so I love the rouge. I think it's great. I, I'm a rouge guy as well. Um, I mean, listen, you'd rather your team is, you know, getting field goals or what, but hey, that's part of the unique nature of the Canadian Football League game. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, uh, by the way, shout out to my guy, Todd for tanning. I saw Todd last night. He is enjoying marbles from the Falcon Lake golf course right now in the middle of his round. Uh, of course, we had Shorn watching it from Italy or Sweden or wherever he was last week. Marbles on Winnipeg Sports Talk really does go worldwide today. Shout out to everyone that's uh, popping in at the end of the program from wherever they are. Listen, before we do get to marbles, uh, I am interested in, let's quickly get a, a vibe check of Bomber fans right now for our why not question of the day for not Autocorp overly at Waverly and McGillivray. I know Trev and the Not Gang are going to be out at the game tonight, as they always are. Uh, what do you think of this Bomber game tonight? Can the Bomber, uh, will the Bombers cover the eight points? Um, love to get your thoughts in on that and uh, thoughts about the new baby daddy, Nick Dembski, and his game coming up. And while we're at it, a second why not question of the day. How awesome is this hat? Ugh. Look at that, everyone, folks. Everyone, everyone is loving it. And and you know what? You, you will notice that um, all the uh, shirts that your favorite future Jets have been wearing at development camp is basically exactly this, just on a T-shirt. So uh, trend setting no, here it's, on WST shirts, today, as usual. Those shirts are way better than that hat. <laughs> that's a that's yeah i know you're putting it on to troll everyone but uh although hey 50 only 50 percent of the people said they didn't like it 50 percent were in favor of the hat <laughs> earlier this week if you missed it what day was that tuesday's show uh it was i yeah i think it was tuesday's show it was coming out of the weekend when i yeah. was i was originally getting hat shamed because of the picture I posted with Ken and my buddies after our beautiful round at Breezy Bend on Monday. Yeah, yeah. So if you missed the go to the end of Tuesday show, Hustler put out a picture on Twitter. He's wearing that hat and took a lot of you're getting hat shamed on Twitter, which is why you're you're off Twitter now. You're on threads, right? <laughs> threads. The uh <laughs> I don't even want to talk about this threads thing. I'm that I am triggered about this. I'm triggered about what's happened to Twitter, but I really don't want to lose Twitter. Because it is definitely my favorite app, and it's been so good to me over the years. So, uh, and as I say, I don't know if I really want word tweets from the people that I follow on Instagram. That's the other thing. I mean, Instagram is more, it's for a few things. Pictures that make you look good and promoting your OnlyFans. So, I mean... Why do why do we need why do we need that on a, on on a word document? We uh, we get it at least. And by the way, what about uh, what about retweets? Is it rethreads? Reposting. And how do you know what you're getting? What's the point of even following people because you don't get their threads in your tweets? You get some algorithm telling you what you want to see. Yeah, that'll sort itself out. You get it knows what you like. Us. I'm on threads. Winnipeg Sports Talk is on threads. We're at 735 followers. I would have had more. I went to the development camp today. I'll tell us to the chat to take pictures with the new WST camera. Pull, go pull it out of my bag. 
left the memory card at home. So we only get phone pictures today on the Winnipeg Sports Talk threads account from development camp. And I think there's some yeah. Instagram too. CTO's on a roll. First of all, destroying a very expensive laptop last week in Buffalo. Yeah, uh, I never in, destroyed in, it. In Nashville. I never did anything and to the laptop. And then today bringing this incredible camera lens out. No memory card. Say, it's, uh, it's been quite the week. It's been quite the week for technical, te- although the shows have looked great. So, I mean, I guess that's the, that's the end of the day. And, you know, phones are good enough that, you know, some of those pictures that we cranked out uh, would be there. All right. Thank you for all the support and kind words about this hat. I appreciate all of you. Um, Remus, let's, uh, let, let's do last call for marbles, everybody. Oh yeah. And, uh, why don't we, uh, why don't we, uh, um, basically, oh, by the way, um, stay with us at the end because, uh, we do have a couple, we got a pair of tickets and we got a pair of passes for the game. So, uh, I'm going to go down like second, third, fourth, fifth. Uh, and if you're able to go to the game and you want to, we'll hook you up with a uh, with a couple. Well, as I said, we've got two seats, and then the Jim Beam social passes will get you in. Uh, you can find a seat if you need, um, and it also gives you a uh, CC and Ginger, which uh, you'll see a lot of those tonight at the yeah. game. Shout out to listener uh, K9 hooking us up with the tickets. Dave, shout K. out K9. Shout out to him. He says uh, can, he wants him in the marble race. So. We're going to include them. Before we get into it, we did need to talk about, like, is he, are we still allowed to talk about this guy, even though he doesn't play for the Jets anymore? What do you think? Who are you talking about? I don't even know. Pierre-Luc Dubois even... putting oh, out his oh, thank him. you. I remember him. I remember yeah, him. You, yeah, you remember, remember him? <laughs> putting out his thank you Winnipeg Instagram Hey, we should be thanking post. him for the content he gave us over the course I, of the last, uh, last yeah. year. Yeah, I haven't emailed Pat Brisson, but I'm, I've <laughs> strongly considered it being like dear pat brisson you know i want to thank you for the last year of content you provided us um you know two of our biggest shows in winnipeg sports talk history were one the day after you said he would consider playing for montreal or something like that and the day he got traded so uh thanks a lot pat all the best winnipeg sports he did, talk. Uh, you know dubois actually did yeah let's just quickly play this because i'll say this about dubois even though we wanted out apparently um pretty much the entire time he was here um, I mean, listen, he was a little inconsistent for my liking, and obviously I hated the way it ended in game five of the playoffs. But overall, I mean, I don't think that he was quitting or anything like that or trying to, you know, get himself out of town by the way that he played. And I'll tell you what, last year, you know, if you paid attention to what the Jets were doing on social media, he was really active. He bought in. I mean, hey, it's with his, within his right to play his cards and go to where he wanted to go. Um, I mean, I'm sure there'll be some boo birds when uh, the LA Kings come earlier in the season. Uh, but all in all, I think this has worked out pretty well for the Winnipeg Jets. And I care more about Gabriel Velarde and Alex Iafalo and Rasmus Kapari and the Habs second round pick next year. But in the meantime, this was uh, a post from Pierre-Luc Dubois. Had a big day, threw at the first pitch of the Dodger game yesterday. Uh, but he did do a thank you to Winnipeg and the Winnipeg fans on Instagram. This is uh, this is what it looked like and sounded like. Winnipeg, I met unbelievable people. Played with some some teammates that I'll uh, keep in touch with for the rest of my life. Here with Dubois, shoot stars. Here with Dubois, down the wing, shoot stars. Um, I can't thank anybody enough there, from the whole organization to the players to the fans for their support from from day one. And you know they they stayed they stayed and supported me, and I appreciate that. 
I, I spent three really great years in Winnipeg. I had unbelievable. People. All right, so uh, there's PLD's little farewell to Winnipeg. Some people, I'm sure, are saying beat it. Others are saying thanks for the memories. Um, I'm just happy that it didn't end with him going to Montreal and the Jets really getting screwed in that trade. So uh, onward, changes needed to be made. He's one of them. We'll see what happens with a couple of other very noteworthy Winnipeg Jets. And in the meantime, we'll look forward to next season and look forward to the next few seasons with all the excitement around the uh, young men participating in Winnipeg Jets prospect and development camp out at the uh, Hockey for All Center. And don't forget, tomorrow, I think around 10 a.m. it's going. Again, open to the public. You're going to be doing some three-on-three. I think tomorrow will be more of a fun day to finish it off. So uh, if you haven't gotten out there, you're able to bring the kids. It has been uh, been a lot of fun being around that rink so far this week. All right. Here, I'll, I'll just add, a lot of people saying PL who in chat has... <laughs> Has, so good. we move on. We move on, people. So can I po- show this picture of him throwing at the first pitch of the Dodger sure. game? By the way, did he have a good first pitch or did he fifty cent it? There's no video of it. Someone took a oh, video from the stands. It must have stands. been terrible. It must have been terrible. If they don't show the pitch, it sucked. Yeah, the Dodgers didn't tweet it out. The Kings didn't tweet it. You got these pictures of him in the sweet Kings Dodgers hybrid. There's jersey. no one at the game. Fans boycotting the PLD first pitch. Not a good look. Yeah, so he put out the video, a lot of reaction, and yeah, I mean, good, good for him. He he was the he was the big winner, but I think the Jets uh, won as well. So I do like this hybrid jersey though. This is kind of cool jersey with the Kings the Dodgers pattern, Dodgers jersey. colors and logo. <laughs> yeah, it's not uh, it's not too bad. Um, all right, let's fire up the uh, let's fire up the song, and uh, we got to add in a few uh, a few extra marbles, I think, as well. Yeah, I think there's many there's many uh, Big marbles. Time. Let me pick the right song. Which one? Do you care which one? This is your department. No, pick a good pick a good one heading into a summer weekend. Uh, summer we what screams summer to you? The original. I feel like I've used all these so many times here. Uh, well, we do it every Friday. I'll do this one. Ready? It's Friday. Another week of words gone by. You deserve to treat yourself. Maybe an ice cream cake or a bottle of rye. Phone the whole day in. So lax, you can't deny. Why use effort even for pleasure? You've got a try. All right, geez. Wow, 313. We have been screwing around. We got to get this podcast up. Um, other marbles today. I think we need to uh, give the Bash Brothers one. Um, Rutger. Okay, wait one and, sec here. And Colby Barrow. Yeah, hold on. Waiters is asking if I'm going to Royal Sports this weekend to buy a new Jets hat. Uh, before the season, I certainly will be. But you know what? I mean, when you get so much so many compliments 
for such a unique and fashionable lid like I have, I think I'm probably going to roll this one exclusively for the next couple of months You're wearing before that I get to the, my new season. Are you going to wear that to the Bomber game tonight? You're not going to wear it to the Bomber game, are you? No, I, I wouldn't wear it to the Bomber game. Bomber game is for Bomber gear. I've got my – it's a little cool. I'll be wearing my uh, this hoodie, and I'll be wearing the WST um, Bomber-themed hat. And by the way, if you just popped in late, a Gold Eyes game – WST outing. We're all invited. Would love to see you there. Go to winnipegsportstalk.com. Click on store. Tickets are 15 bucks. Everyone, well, while supplies last, because we've had great response, everyone's going to get a koozie. We've got a gold eyes prize pack. But if you do want a hat or something else from the store, if you're buying a ticket, use the promo code FISH. You'll get 25% off, and we can bring it to the game for you and deliver it to you there. Yeah, just uh, go to the website, and there's a link, WST at Gold Eyes at the top, and you can hit that right there. So shout out to all the people. I see a number of them in chat today uh, checking, out the, uh, checking out the tickets. We've sold a bunch, so might have to call Andrew and be like, hey, you got to reserve a couple more. There are people in chat asking. We do have a deal for the Yard Dog, Colorado Lowe's. Shout out to you. Asking when are we going to eat it? July 20, you and I will be at the game, and uh, and we yeah, will be eating it's, the yard. It's Yard Dog. We're going to go there early, and we will record mm-hmm. a tag team mission to take on the Yard Dog, which I guess is a Thursday game, so two weeks from yesterday. So get ready for that, and then we'll pop that out um, on that weekend. All right, so we're going to give Rutger and Colby Barlow uh, marbles. Yep. I think we should give Jimmy Roy a marble for sure. his big speech earlier this week. Definitely. Um, I think I'd like to give this hat a marble for its unfair persecution earlier this week. This hat. Um, and you know who I'd like to give a marble to? The man that coined the phrase that I know we're going to be using once these guys are playing. He coined the phrase, the Bash Brothers. For Barlow and McGroarty, Shane, Shane Malloy, one of our favorites. Shane deserves a marble, and if he wins, we will send him that hoodie all the way out to Fredericton, New Brunswick. Um, I, I just want to be clear. Else? I never said I would eat the whole yard dog. People were like, "We?" I said I would eat half of it. Yeah, I never exactly. said I would. I never said go watch the replay. It's thirty-two inches. Yeah, I think like, I, I said, don't think it's I, po- it's possible. Yeah, no. Listen, I committed I, I, to fourteen inches of dog. Sorry, thirty-two. That's was it sixteen? Sixteen. Yeah. The human. Okay, I thought it was smaller than thirty-two inches. That's that's big dog. But yeah, it's I, big. I, I, I think there's fries that. on both ends. There's pierogies. There's bacon on. I it. This is going to be a challenge. This is a huge, huge challenge for us. I to committed do that. to half. I committed to half. Yep. I didn't commit to yeah. MC Stormy knows I didn't commit to eating the whole thing. That would be crazy. It's a tag team. And I could we if are I wanted to start on opposite ends, but we're not going to do it like the spaghetti where you both can got to go and meet in the middle. We'll probably yeah, cut it I, I in will. half for those of you that are hoping that uh, get it. Anyways, uh, if you haven't already in the Marvel race, make sure you hit that red subscribe mm-hmm. button so you are eligible to uh, win the hoodie. And hit the thumbs up while you are there. Um, how many marbles do we have? We have a lot, actually. I love it. We have it. a lot. Uh, uh, but with all these additional marbles, two, two, two. Perfect. Perfect. All right. 
Lucky 222, which is the exact number of likes that we have, coincidentally. Is it really? Shout out to everyone. That's, Come yeah, on. that's what I'm looking at right now. We got 222 likes. That's pretty awesome. You, and we're moving up. Um, we're marching, man. We're marching towards uh, 10K subs here on YouTube. So if you're not sub, hit the red button. Help yes, us get 9. to 10K. Yes, 9.7. All the countdown is on. Yeah. Tell a friend about Winnipeg Sports Talk. Let us know where they can find us. We really do appreciate that. Big, big celebration on the show when we get to the elusive 10K number. I think we, we, I can taste it now. Should I pop a champagne like in my basement here in the WST studio? Or I'll take, have to take it outside, I think. That would be good to post on threads, us posting a, popping a bottle for 10K. That's a Thre- great idea. That's threads exclusive content. We should. <laughs> There's no <laughs> such thing as threads exclusive. Stop it. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Let's do this. Um, but uh, where are we going today okay, for the marbles? I think we got to do a good one because we have we haven't done slippery slopes in a while. Are you ready for slippery? Slopes? I like I love slippery slopes. It's, I feel it, like it, it, it's top three for sure. And we are giving away bomber tickets to the to how many bomber tickets? And we got yeah. The one so we've got a of- pair of tickets, and then we've got a couple social passes. So. I'll be calling uh, them out. Uh, basically, if you're second place, tickets, thir- third place, you got the social passes. And often the person that's in that spot might not be able to go. So if you're fourth, fifth, just stay there. We'll throw it out there and we'll make sure we get somebody into uh, into it. Uh, all right, Rob Kane, enough with the goddamn threads. Preach, brother, preach. Um, all that's- right, so we've got, we've got the slippery slopes today. 222 of you in... Been a great week. The vibes have been immaculate out at the rink. They've been very good on the show as well. Cool. Let's finish off this weekend with a uh, with an incredible marble. Or finish off this week with an incredible marble race, which apparently is being canceled right now. What's going okay, on? Wait, let me just make sure I got the right the right list of names in. Okay, I can, you can never be too sure. We've done it before. That's true. I I didn't see. Yeah, you can never be make... too sure. Like for instance, having a memory card in your camera you can never be too sure. Yeah. Yeah, I just went to went to the <laughs> rink today with my the nude fancy WST camera. There, it is the correct names, but I'm going to put them in. Oh, then I get uh, with the new WC camera. Went to go take some pictures, turn it on. Oh, didn't have the memory card in there because I was grabbing the pictures off of it the day before. <coughs> so, we oh well, survive. Oh well, that is All that good. was okay. um, disappointing. Almost <laughs> went to Walmart to go buy a new memory card. <laughs> uh, so, oh well. Hey, we did the oh, poll. Will the Bombers win by eight or more, Huss? I know this is nicely a... done. Everyone's good. Okay, good. Well, I was going head to head with Dusty on this one. I would really like the Bombers to cover, and that would mean for a very fun night and a fun fourth quarter. Uh, so, slippery slopes, 222 marbles in it. First place, the hoodie. Second and third, we got tickets to the Bombers. And we'll, uh, you're going to need to let us know in the chat if you are able to use them. And if not, we'll uh, go to fourth and fifth. So, stick around. Uh, all right, Slippery Slopes, one of our all-time favorite courses. And uh, without further ado, let's get on for this game tonight and on to the weekend with a marble race on WST. Right on. Okay, who's there? That's me. Brant Batters looking pretty good right off the bat. What's up, Brant? MB Flyer in the mix. Lynn Reimer. Dave the Fantasy. It's very, very tight so far. Who will go to which side? Dasmi to the left. 
Dave the Fantasy to the left as well. And now we're getting into some of the slippery slopes. Oh, yeah, this is a fun one. This track's too So it's icy and a bit of a funnel. Who's going to get down first? Oh. oh, KF just got thrown over the top rope. Sorry about that, KF. <clears throat> Spitsky visuals, Turd Ferguson, Wilt World, Doug Phil all in the mix up at the front. MB Flyers got a very slight lead right now. On Doug Phil, John Paul's looking good right now. Royster's in the mix. What do we got here? Doug Phil, actually, uh, right up there near the front. <clears throat> MB Flyer, we're going to see now who's making it down into this final transition. MB Flyer is in first. Jimmy Roy. Oh, and MB Flyer got, got stalled up. Jimmy is in first place right now. A win for Jimmy would be absolutely amazing. A great friend from his days with the Moose and now doing a great job at development after that great speech that he had earlier this week. All right, Darren Selly, Turd Ferguson, Royster, all looking good, but it's Daryl Selby, and now we get into the skis. <laughs> On the slippery slopes. I love this part of this course. Part of the... Whoa! There's a lot of... <clears throat> oh, anything can happen right now. All these major... There's like five and six marbles at the same time. Oh! Sheldon, Ryan Fox, Doug Phil over the top rope. Nicole J eliminated. This is wild. I don't think I can remember... Oh, my God. There is an absolute bloodbath right now with marbles getting thrown over the top oh, rope. Daryl Selly is still alive. My Oh, my hat. Oh, that's that's not cool. <laughs> Daryl Selly, Turd Ferguson, Royster, John Pauls, E-A-S-H-L, locked and loaded, looking good as well. All right, here's Bruce H's first. He's going up. We got Trevor. We got Krugs. We got John Pauls. Who is going to make it out? <clears throat> Man, this is this is such a great track. We need to do this one at least once a month. It's that good. Coming down to the final stretch. John Pauls on the left. Jimmy Roy on the right. John Pauls missed it. Can it be Jimmy? Oh, Jimmy missed it too. Jeff Johnson wins. Jeff, congratulations. I'll be honest. I was sort of pulling for Jimmy Roy. That would have been amazing if one of our... I don't think any of the... I, I guess Bones. Bones won yeah. once. Bones won once. I thought Jimmy was going to take it. That was crazy. That was. So here's your top 10. Jeff Johnson, Daryl Selly. Daryl, let us know in the chat right now if you can go to the Bomber game. Uh, we got a pair of seats. Greg M., do you want a couple of... Um, Social passes to the game tonight. Gets you in the door and gets you a uh, Canadian club in ginger. Trevor Frost, Ben Howard, you guys stay tight. You guys hang tight because uh, if they can't go, we will hook you up with those. I'm just looking in the chat right now. Yeah, everyone loves this track. It really is the best one, except for Jay Miller. This course sucks probably because he got maybe knocked out over the top rope. <laughs> uh, okay, so 
Daryl Selly. Daryl, are you in for the game? Let us know. And if not, Ben Howard um, and Trevor Frost. Okay, Greg M can't make it tonight. So, okay, go back to the uh, the the list of the uh, the top yet. It's the close Spritzky visuals. I'm looking at these. Okay, so Daryl Selly can't make it. So Trevor, uh, Trevor Frost, you want to go to the game tonight? Ben Howard, you want to go to the game tonight? Let us know. And I'll tell you what, just because we won't, we do have to get this. Uh, we do have to get this up. Uh, Trevor Frost, Ben Howard, you guys let us know if you can go. If not, and you were looking for a last-minute ticket to the game, send me a uh, a DM on Twitter or a tweet. I'll just send a DM at Hustlerama because you, and you and send your email with it as well. Uh, and I will uh, I will take care of that. Daryl says no. Yeah, there's no DMing on threads, huh? so that's a good call. Yeah, it, yeah, there's no DMing on threads? You can't oh. DM yet. It's too new. Okay, like, come on. How, how is that? How they've even launched this thing right now? Got to get in there. Got to get got to get people signed up for threads. Yeah, um, ben, ben, you want to go tonight? He can't go. He's He's in Saskatchewan. Oh, he lives in Saskatchewan. Well, see if you uh, look at the game. Anyways, Krugs, if you want to go. Otherwise, at Hustlerama, send me a DM. I will uh, just pick a couple winners and send the tickets out in the next half hour. So do it now at Hustlerama. Send me a DM if you want. We got a pair of tickets and we got some social passes. I will arbitrarily pick them. Shout out to K9 for the tickets and our friends at Canadian Club for the extra social passes. All right, we got to get that. We got to get out because uh, we've gone long today. There's a game, so we got some pre-gaming to do, but we also want to get this podcast up for people to listen to before tonight's game. So, great week. Shout out to everyone that said hi out at the Iceplex or the Hockey for All Center, 10 o'clock tomorrow, if you want to catch the last day. Should be fun, some three-on-three, a little bit more games. Great spot to bring the kids if you haven't already. And, uh, it's been uh, been very, very fun to be around. Uh, lots of positivity around the future of the Winnipeg Jets. Um, but let's focus on this game tonight. Kick some ass, Bombers. Calgary Stamps in town. I'll be there tonight. Hopefully see you there. Say hi if you see me. Um, for Michael Remus, I'm Andrew Patterson. Thanks to the sponsors. Thanks to everyone that joined us for another big week. Have yourselves a great weekend. And we'll be back on Monday to break down the latest with the Bombers. Development camp and... Another big week in sports in the middle of July right here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. See you tonight at IGF. Oh, my God. Shut it down. Let's go Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com. 